Hey guys, uh, AJ Orsini here, and just before you guys listen to the episode, I, I think I needed to put a disclaimer up just really quickly. We did the show last night very live, and um, during the conversion of that uh, that MP3, uh, we lost a couple of minutes in the beginning. Uh, it's an unfortunate situation, but we're going to make the best of this. Um, it's still a great show. Uh, we still have an hour and 53 minutes of the show. You guys only really missed the first couple of minutes you really didn't miss anything it's just my usual opening and i introduce uh, a special guest co-host mr stephen james uh joined me he worked the boards for me got the calls together it was a really fun show he uh, he's with me throughout the entire thing uh so you, that's really all you missed uh right after my intro you're gonna hear me go right into the conversation uh, as opposed to hearing my usual opening. So I just wanted to throw this disclaimer out there. There's still a lot uh, of show left. Um, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it live, unfortunately, you won't be able to hear my opening. If you did, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, for those of you who didn't get a chance to listen to the live show or call in, uh, it's okay. You could still be a part of the show down the line. Uh, you can shoot me a message on Facebook. You can email me directly, ajorsini96host at gmail.com. There are many methods in which you can guys uh, can still be a part of the show. So I just wanted to put this disclaimer on just to let you guys know before we could start it. It's going to start off a little weird, but the whole show's here. Uh, it's still the whole show. You're just missing my intro and my introduction of my partner. And that's about it. So enjoy the show. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy. It's definitely one of my better shows. So I'm super psyched. Hope to hear back uh, some feedback from you guys about it. So have a good one. Warning. The following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of AJ Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show is called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. Ladies and gentlemen, the answer to your prayers is here. You're listening to the King of New York, E.C. Negro, L. Ray, all day. This is Colossal Mike Law. What's up, everybody? This is the rock god, Ronnie Burton. My name is Ariella Nix. You're listening to the absolute Chris Cage. To the superstar Whiplash. Silver Queen, Ivy Rowan. And for the King of Monsters Rays, we are the, the greatest, greatest of, of all time. time. And you're listening to... And you, yes you, are listening to... Our... And you are listening to the hottest new podcast in the game. My main man, AJ Orsini. Orsini. To Orsini's. To Orsini's. Orsini's. And you're listening to Orsini's Uncensored Mind. Now let's open up this fucking pit. <laughs> Welcome to Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and now your host, AJ Orsini. Home watching Little O, but she said something to me the other day that made me think, because I was trying to come up with how the, how the hell do I open up the one-year anniversary show? What do I talk about? Do I go balls deep right into the wrestling stuff? Do I talk about UFC? Do I talk about all this? The, uh, the Jaguars are going to London type stuff. I mean, there's so many things to talk about, and, and there's so many things to get to, but there, to me, there was no greater way to start this show off 
then to talk to my audience about that conversation. We had got a conversation with Mrs. O, and the conversation was that she was very proud of me, obviously. She was going on all the different things that we've been through together and me without. For those of you who don't know, I've been with my wife for 15 years. Wow. Uh, when she was 18 and I was 20, we're now 35 and 33. So the whole 20s, we spent all, it, yeah. all the time, all that stuff was with each other. She knows me better than anybody else, and she told me that because uh, I wanted her to be here for the show. And she had a concern. And the reason why she had a concern is that for the whole time that I've been doing this show, she's been trying really hard not to be a part of the process. And the reason for that is because everything that I have done literally in my entire life, 35 years on this planet, folks, from moment one to now, all I have ever done is stuff for other people. I'm the oldest of four kids. I was raised in a single mom house. So obviously I was dad, I was older brother, yeah. I was provider, I was everything for a long time. When I left my house to go do my own thing, I didn't do my own thing for very long because literally the week that I moved out, I met Steph. So it became, <laughs> yeah, so it became a, a, a relationship thing and we grew together, like I said, 18 and 20 to 30. You go through some growing pains. There's some growing things there. So everything that I've ever done now was for her and now I have a son, so now I'm a father, so everything I do for him. Uh, I work with uh, children for the most part. I know my vernacular in my language will give you a different impression, but I actually do work not only with children, but with special education children, children with disabilities. This is something that I feel very passionately about that I've done for a long time now. I dabble in a lot of things, but the whole point I'm trying to get to here is that everything that I do, everything that I am, has always been about the other person. So my wife, who knows all of that, who knows that whole story, said, I really want, especially in the wrestling business, I'm not even going to get into everything my career else. and everything else with the wrestling business, because when I was a commentator, it's put over the match, not yourself. When yep. I was a ring announcer, put over the talent, not yourself. When I was an interviewer, put over the talent, not yourself. When I was a booker, don't put yourself over, put everybody else over. Every single, when I was a manager, it's not about you, it's about, but when I was a wrestler, it was put over the other guy. <laughs> yeah. Every facet of it in, 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 in my career has always been to help the other guy. So over time, most people would reject it and would eventually would get to a point where they're just going to say to themselves, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to do me. I never got to that point. As a matter of fact, I still feel uncomfortable with it. I don't know what it's like to do for me. So what happened was is my wife had described to me that I really don't want to be a part of the Orsini Uncensored Mind process because for once, finally, this is you. It's you. It's a microphone. It's your thoughts. It's your opinions. And even though, like you said earlier, but before we got on the air, that it was a really cool thing to have her as my first guest, she she doesn't mind being every now and then. But like for big events like this, she really felt like it should have been uh, either just me or or she knew you were going to be on the show. Yeah. She's totally cool with you doing the show. But she just she wanted the project Orsini's Uncensored Mind to just be about me. It's a celebration of you. Right. It's a celebration of me. It's a lot of hard work put into this. I'm the only one uh, 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 that uh, puts the stuff together with the exception of the few times that you've uh, collected some audio clips for me. You've helped me out with some editing along the way. I'm telling you, you're a big part of a lot of the stuff that's been going on here. But she really wanted this to be kind of an Orsini production. She wanted this to be about me. So what I want to open the show with is an acknowledgement to what she said. I agree with what she said to a degree, but I want a counter argument. That's what we're going to open the show with because the bottom line is, is to me is I think personally it's impossible to be successful alone. I Absolutely. cannot do this by myself. I have achieved what I have achieved in my life and in my career because I cared for other people. I wasn't the best wrestler in the world. But I did it in a way that I gained enough respect where people decided to take me into other directions. My body 
couldn't hold up to the beating that is pro wrestling. That's why I have such a profound respect for the guys who do it every fucking day. And that's why when I say things like if you've never bumped, you don't really know. A lot of people take offense to that. But to me, it's the god awful it's the god honest truth. Unless you're a part of the fret, unless you've spilt the blood, unless you've shed the tears, unless you sweat, you don't really know what you're talking about. That's just in my opinion, that's the truth of it. So the the way that I go about all facets of my life is how can I help the next person? And I've learned over time now that in my 30s, I've learned over time, every single time that I've gone out of my way to help the next person, I got something from that. Whether it be experience or I learned something from it that I can use in something else, it's the same thing I did with wrestling. And wrestling, I never put myself over. I would argue when I, was, when I would walk in and the sheet says that I'm going up, I'd fight. Because I'd be like, why? Yeah. What is the point? Am I going to eventually compete for the championship? Am I going into a high-profile feud? Am I, no. So then what the fuck am I beating him for? Doesn't make any sense. He yeah. has. He's the guy you want to make the face of the company or use in a, in a more important facet. So why am I beating him? Like stuff like that, and promoters would actually get mad at me. Like, what the fuck do you care? You're winning. No, that's not. Why the point. am I winning? Right, yeah. that's not the fucking point. If I'm going to be used to something else, cool, whatever. We'll go in there. We'll make it a competitive match. I'll go over barely, and then I'll move on to the next fucking thing <laughs> to beat him for no absolutely no reason. So I used to fight a lot of times. No, I'm supposed to be losing here. Just so you're aware. So this, I would have made, this makes no sense. Exactly. And it, and it went the same way when I was on the other side of it, when I was booking, when I was writing matches out, when I was putting things together for other uh, for the performers. When I gave them their information, I never got questions. You know why I never got questions? Because I explained it thoroughly. Yeah. This they, is they why understood. Right, they trusted you're you. going over here yeah. because you're going here. You're losing tonight here, but don't worry. In three weeks or two weeks or whatever the case may be, you're going up here and eventually you're going to clash again and it's going to mean more the second time around or whatever the situation may be. I had a reason for everything. So I learned this over time by helping other people. I never just went in there and just thought to myself, I knew what to do. Most people, they get to a certain spot in their career, all of a sudden they have to play the role of somebody who knows everything. Yeah. I've never done that. I helped you get into the wrestling Absolutely. business. So in, in the usual tiering of how this works is I'm above you, but that's not how I treated you. I came back and said, you know what? I'm trying to dabble into a new world, a new world in which you are above me. Yes. Help me figure out where I'm supposed to go with this. I wound up Podbean was not a suggestion of yours, but your suggestions led me to figure out what I needed and what I liked and what I, I was trying to get into. That's how I settled on that. My equipment, we were going back and forth, the board, all that stuff. How can I do interviews? How can I do that? How can I? And, and we went back and forth. I'm not considering myself a podcast master at the moment. Oh, you're getting but, there, bud. But I'm getting there, right. <laughs> getting That's what I'm there. saying. <laughs> with, with time, with years in, we'll figure that out. But I wanted everyone to know that I'm not here today because I am celebrating. No, I'm not here today because I did this by myself. So it is a celebration of Orsini's Uncensored Mind show. It's not a celebration, in my opinion, of A.J. Orsini because, in my opinion, A.J. Orsini shouldn't be celebrated by himself. Everything that I've done has been with a team, regardless of who that team member was. I've always had people around me, the authentic Brandon Lewis, uh, Matt Ryan, someone that you know you're very familiar with. Pete Rodriguez is another guy that I've been. Uh, my wife, of course. I, I've had people outside of the wrestling industry. I, I, people think I'm, I'm joking when I say this, but you've seen me have conversations with the Air Foxes of the world, and I've uh, uh, Matt seen me have the conversations with uh, uh, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, and McFoley, and picking their brain and trying to figure out what's next, what's the next thing for 
for me to do. So it all landed on this. It all landed on, if you look at my Podbean account, ajoum.podbean.com, which is where all the episodes air every Wednesday at 9 p.m. I'm going to do the plugging later, but I just felt the need to say it now. <laughs> uh, if you go there now, it'll tell you that my account's been active since January of 2016. Wow. But I uploaded my first episode October 2017, which means it sat there for forever because I wasn't sure if this was something I could do. And you had said in episode one, you were also worried about kind right. of getting lost in the shuffle. Yes. It was a big concern of mine because everyone has a podcast, or at least it seems that way, that everybody has a podcast. So it's very intimidating for someone, regardless of your experience, and, and even if you know what you're talking about, it's very intimidating for someone to to get in front of this microphone and be as vulnerable as, as, as you are when you first start. But what got me over the hump what got me over the fear of what happens if they don't like me or what happens if I'm saying a bunch of things that uh, somebody else is repeating. What I found out over time is that you can only be you. No one can be you. Absolutely not. You're the only version of yourself. So even though everyone has a podcast, the truth is not everyone's heard. Not every podcast gets downloaded. Not every podcast gets shared. Everyone can start one. Not everyone has a successful one. That's the difference. If you can generate enough interest and get to where you're going, then it becomes a much better process. As a matter of fact, we're going to celebrate that fact right now because I look, I, I'm not even that deep yet. I already have a call and I'd like to get to said call. Mr. James, who is calling me here right now? Uh, we don't have the ability to screen who. Uh, no, I'm not. asking. Uh, um, oh. Are they on the air right They're now? They're on the air right now. Okay, we got well, them. Uh, there's the question. Who's, who's calling Hello? right now? Yes, who's this? My name is Matthew Marcus Ming. I knew he was going to call. <laughs> I didn't think he'd be first, but I knew he was going to call. What's going on, Ming? How you doing? I'm here to celebrate your success. And <laughs> Did you not you just know, fucking hear what I just said? <laughs> it's the success of the show. Are you not listening, Ming? Are you drunk? No, I called in, man. Ah, oh, okay. Are you drinking in spirit? Are you are you are you taking a, a swig for the working man? No, I'm actually at work looking for thieves. Oh, there you go. You know what? You, you're you're the face of uh, criminal prevention right now. I want you to know that. Yeah, I'm multitasking right now. Oh, multi. Well, you know what? If any criminals get by during this phone call, I'll take full credit for that. No or problem, full blame, no I should say. Full blame. Not credit. I'm not in on the heist. I'm just part of the reason they got away with it. Future wheelman of America. Yeah. So what's going on, Ming? How can I help you, man? What's going on? No, man. What are you guys talking about today? We've got a couple of topics coming up. I just wanted to get some stuff off my chest about the celebration of the actual show, but I got a, a couple of topics. It's a matter of fact, uh, is this the only call we have at the moment? Or at we have the some moment, we're, this is all we got. Okay, so Ming, why don't you join the conversation on this? Because we're going to open up with... Uh, a little, uh, a little UFC action, okay? Conor McGregor and the Russian guy. The Russian guy. Yeah, that's what I'm going to call him because that last name is impossible for me to pronounce. And I, apparently I was saying his first name wrong. Is it Khabib? It's Khabib from what I understand. Khabib. Just call him Ivan Drago. It's about... Well, that's racist. <laughs> I don't promote that activity on my show. Anyway, Drago fight Conor McGregor on uh, Saturday, October 6th. Uh, did you get a chance to see the fight, Ming? Yes, I saw it illegally. You saw it illegally, yeah. as did probably 30% of this country at least, and I'm just spitballing, but which is unfair to the UFC. But uh, did you get a chance to see the uh, – well, before we get to the afterwards, what, what did you think of the fight itself? I think, I, I think UFC is a work. I think that was all a work. <laughs> I don't believe anything – believe any of that was real. I, I think it was all staged. I don't believe it. The entire fight? 
Like they were calling I, spots. I don't think the entire fight was staged. Okay. But I think the aftermath was staged, set up. Prior. Oh, we're not getting to the aftermath yet. Talk to me about the fight. What do you think about the fight? The fight was pretty good. Uh, that guy, um, the Russian guy. Uh, I, he's never gone that long as, as far as like a round. He's never been to the fourth round. Okay. So the the fact that he actually McGregor got him to the fourth round is I think is a victory to him. Uh, but that guy's a beast. That guy and is. I can't beast. wait for the rematch. James, do you consider an under, uh, undefeated fighter winning an uh, in, uh, in upset? Uh, in this case, yes, I do, because okay. the quality of opponents for Khabib has definitely been brought into question leading up to this. Right. So my thing is, is Conor McGregor is the biggest star in mixed martial arts. Right. He's the guy that you have to beat. He's the guy who makes the most money. He's the guy who draws. So if you beat him, it's going to be an upset. He's the most recognizable face there. Right. But. You know, uh, the technique, a lot of the experts, quote unquote, predicted that Khabib would win. Uh, but anybody with a puncher's chance, and you saw, as long as the stand up was there, even though Khabib surprised, surprised him with his stand up, Connor was kind of taking him to the deep water. The worry was that his. Uh, his conditioning wasn't there, but it was. So I'm intrigued to see, like, uh, like Ming said, I am intrigued to see the rematch if it happens. Ming, for those who didn't get a chance to see the fight on October 6th, can you as colorfully as possible describe what took place after the fight was immediately over? Um, well, he tapped him out and immediately started talking shit to him while, you know, <laughs> McGregor was gasping for air. And then I guess somebody on the outside, I guess in uh, Connor's corner, said something. And the guy literally leaped over the... He was looking for a gentleman by the name of Dylan Danes. Yeah, he leaped over the octagon and tried to give him the Finn Balor finisher. <laughs> Try to, he, he saved that special after the choke out. Yeah, he saved that finisher. Like he he didn't pull. Uh, he he had two locked up in the bank and he only hit one. And he was like, you know what? I'm just gonna do this, and that's what he did. And then the only thing I didn't like, I thought it was kind of pussy. If it is real, I don't know. I still I'm still believing that it was all the work that um his corner attacked McGregor. While yeah, he's like down. Yeah, I was going to mention that when you were done. Yeah, it wasn't a one-way street there. No, uh, no, no. The Russian team also took offense to uh, the words of Connor. I guess the when he went over the fence, that left Connor open <laughs> to some to some sort of content. Yeah, there. that was kind of pussy. That that I mean, if that's real. That was kind of pussy, and I think that guy should get fired. Well, the overall situation here, for those of you who don't follow the UFC, and believe me, I, I have said on the show before, I'm not really a big UFC guy, but uh, there's been a lot of comparisons to UFC to WWE recently, so I started dabbling into what this whole situation was. And all for those of you who don't follow, there was a situation, James, maybe you know a little something about this, in a, a, a pulley truck and a bus. Yeah, it was... Uh, here in Brooklyn. Well, not here. I'm in Jersey. I keep forgetting that I'm not in the house of Odin. I'm in New Jersey. It yes, originally again. started with Khabib... And yes. some of his teammates cornering a friend of Connor's right. for an interview. And there was about 15 or 20 guys that were trying to intimidate him, talk. Mm -hmm. So that's where the issue kind of started. One took a swipe. One took a swipe. Yeah. Connor McGregor obviously took offense. took offense, caught a flight. From Ireland to Brooklyn <laughs> yeah. to come kick this guy's ass, right? Th threw a dolly into a window of a charter bus. Yeah, actually uh, cut some people up. Uh, yeah, and caused one of the fighters to uh, have to miss his fight. Which is what pissed off Khabib in the first place. Indeed. Which, you know, it's funny because Dana White comes out here and he seems all pissed off. And why wouldn't you be? 
But that footage you just described was used in the promotional package for the fucking Absolutely. fight. Yeah. So yeah. if you're going to use the material to but make what? a little money, exactly. All right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and confirm work. But, I mean, uh, the comparisons you hear all the time is what WWE used to be. Yeah. Or it's what ro- pro wrestling used to be. Blur the line. Blur the line a little bit. Yeah. They, I mean, they're doing promotional packages. They're doing entrances now. Uh, it's a whole... I, of, I, I bet McGregor standing in that New York courtroom didn't think it was a word. Well, no. I mean, there's some situation. But that's the, but see, that's the thing. You brought up a very good point. Because remember back in the territorial days, a lot of the wrestlers would go to court for shit like yeah. this. Yeah, remember, you're, you're they would right. actually yeah. go and the promoter would pay the fee. Yeah. Just to keep that just line keep going. It, just that keep that kayfabe alive a lot of these guys would go to court there's a lot of court cases if you go to the Jim Cornette experience he'll tell you there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of court cases that were brought to the desk of Mr. Crockett that he had to go ahead and uh, take care of so I don't let the court case sway me from this you're fair, gonna, fair. you're not gonna work me buddy <laughs> not at all Ming thank you so much for giving me a call man thanks for hooking me up and looking out for me bro no problem man all right, that was Maddie Ming. You guys have heard him uh, on the show before. He's a good friend of mine. He's done a few of the roundtables. Um, we did a topic of 30 questions with him as well. Like, he's been on here a few times. Now, for two reasons. I already mentioned the first one. He's my friend. And second, he doesn't live too fucking far from me in Brooklyn. Nice. So whenever I'm feeling chatty and I want a buddy on my show, I usually tend to call Maddie. So The House of O. The house call, to yeah. the, over to the House of O. Now, yeah. uh, real, is that a reference to House of M, the Marvel comic book? Where did you come up with that? Like, where where did that sort of thing? It's a reference from the comic book. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It, it, uh, what happened was is... Uh, we started talking. Um, I was talking to my family members about the show. Some of them had listened and all that stuff. And we were going back and forth on different things. They were like, You really need to start incorporating more of a brand. I guess it was. They Got were it, like, yeah. You know, like something that we could follow. And like, you know, like these different shows do all these different gimmicks. Some of my favorite shows, like How I Met Your Mother, has like those long standing jokes that come out throughout the whole thing. Uh, I'm a big fan of Last Week Tonight. Or nice. We keep coming yeah. back for all those. Uh, you know, he's a DeWalt man. You know, he's, <laughs> Werner's a pure shit. Like that type of rewarding deal. people for listening and right, watching. Right, exactly. Yeah. So what happened was is that um, I figured because um, the nickname that always started sticking with me throughout my career was O, and that was the Chris Cage, Chris Cage original. He used to he was do the whole old thing in the in my original interview days. So he would be like, "Well, let me tell you something, O." Like he would try to do like a whole Hulk Hogan thing. We were just fucking around. Yeah. But O stuck. So everyone just started. Calling me out. So when we started trying to come up with different ideas for a catchphrase, you know, you don't want to create a catchphrase, but at the same time, like you want to put some thought into it. And uh, believe it or not, we were watching the Avengers in my house, and I started talking to my wife about different Avengers storylines, and we were just we were drunk, just all kinds of shit. And uh, I had mentioned the House of O. I said, man, I mean, see, I just did it right yeah. there. The House of M. It's become yours like, now. I was like, yeah. I said, man, that would be a dope movie, House of M. That'd be pretty cool. And then I slept on it, and I woke up the next day in House of O. It was just in my head. I was like, oh, we're here in the House of O. I was just fucking around. And then I did it on the show, and it came out so smooth. And I was just, and then, But then, I, like my brother said, it got out of control, because then he was the brother of O, and there was Mrs. O, and then there was little O. And I was like, nah, man, O was the brand, it's the dude. O, it's the O universe. It's the O universe, the universe of O. <laughs> universe of O. There you go. It just spreads out. It's a continuous process, man. I, I, you know, it's, I've been wanting to get you on the show for a long time. We've had conversations a few times about doing the show together, because you've got so many different projects yeah. coming along, too. And you've been doing this a long time. We're currently here in New Jersey. This is your backyard here. And uh, and I have a question for you. Oh. Um, yeah, I have a question for you. Okay. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin. Uh, uh, that actually might be the answer. There Don't fuck go. around with me. I'll figure out a question. <laughs> I will figure out a question that fits to that answer. 
Uh, but um, you said earlier that I'd gotten you into the business. Um, obviously, there was some history before you got to me uh, as far as interest. Yeah. Uh, oh, you've yeah. been a wrestling fan. Since for- six years old, my grandmother, as an Italian immigrant, who did she love? Bruno San Martino. Oh, there you go. So sat me on the knee, watched me all those tapes, Sarah, yes. superstars, all that stuff. So, yeah, that's that's where it started. That was the start of your fandom. When when did you get started to get the interest to actually perform it in and 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 do something inside the business? Well, honestly, was wrestler ever an option for you, or you were just no? Like, uh, I yeah. had just gotten out of the I had just gotten out of the military, yes. so my body was already I I that has a bump card as well. Yes, and it does. I Absolutely. cashed in my bump card there. Um, but yeah, honestly, the interest was always there, but. The business, it, while it is less protected right. than it used to be, the people that I associated with in the wrestling business still took it very seriously. They protect, right. like yourself, like Matt. And when originally I was running a radio station myself, and then you know he uh, Matt had approached me, hey, do you want to you know you guys Two KW Pro had right. a event coming up, so I had some guests on him, uh, GA West, uh, a bunch of different yeah. guys. And that's how he was like, you want to come do sound for us? I was like, okay. And that's how I met you. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, then he, he, Matt was like, do you, do you want to do commentary? There was like a whole happenstance events. And it was just kind of, I was thrown in the fire to do it. Right. I was wearing like a, a Rangers t-shirt and a hat. And it, it was just, <laughs> and the first night, you know, yeah. uh, Ray's is, is like staring at me. And he's like jaw jacking <laughs> to guys behind me. And I'm just like, this is, this is fantastic. It's the <laughs> it's best the great, seat in the house. Yeah, it's the best seat in the I house. I always, I, I've been a broadcaster essentially my whole life. So the natural right. thing, I'm passionate about wrestling. I'm passionate about the sport. I'm passionate about Broadcasting. So once the opportunity was there, I jumped on it. <laughs> yeah, and it's very sometimes it's very difficult for broadcasters yes to transition from one thing to a pro wrestling oh, yeah. because in in and, I, and I've had this conversation on the show before, but I'll say it again. Uh, professional. That's why I enjoy Morrow so much because sport announcing and pro wrestling announcing only has one major difference: the announcers for sport kind of have it a little easier because they're reacting to what's happening. When oh, you, when only, only yeah. right. Whereas a pro wrestling commentator, you know what's happening, but you have to emote and act like you don't have a exactly, fucking clue yeah. what's going on. So it's a little easier. So that's why sometimes for broadcasters, they'll react to a LeBron James dunk a little different than they will to a choke slam. Oh, absolutely. Because they know the choke slam is coming. So while they're enthusiastic about the close line, it's not the same as oh dear. Like, you know, like that, there's an audible level. There's a feeling. There's a vibe that goes with a with a natural reaction to what you're seeing that most broadcasters sometimes miss when they have to kind of fake it. That's why, honestly, I don't like to know. Yeah, I, I don't want. That's to exactly. Know. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. I, I, I was always under the impression like the best thing that I need to know. The only thing I really need to know is the circle. Yeah. Which name is circled? That's all I need yep. to know because then I know that I have to gear my commentary for the match to build toward that toward crescendo. That, yes. Right. I don't need to know. I don't want to know all the high spots. Right. I don't want to yeah. know what's I don't going need here. All what's going that there. Stuff, that. Just yeah. what's the storyline you need me to sell. Is the ending part of the storyline? If not, then yeah, don't is say this, shit to is me. This right. con- is this continuing after right. this? Absolutely right. Exactly. Because then what ends up happening is you get inside your own head. Yeah. You get inside your own head and it You just... try and predict it. And, you know, in some ways I've seen a lot of guys spoil it ahead of time. So Absolutely. Well, as this show progresses, I would like I wanted to let you guys know that I'm still giving away free shit. Ooh. I'm still giving away free shit. I haven't given away anything just yet. I'm about to get 
stretched out and give away one of those free things now we already had one caller here folks we already had one if you want to chime in again that is 609-910-0687 that is the phone number to call to talk to me and mr james here on orsini's uncensored mind if you are the seventh caller on the show you will receive the two free Capital Wrestling tickets. That show is tomorrow night, live in Hoboken is the name of the show. And ironically enough, it is in Hoboken, New Jersey. So if you're able to make the show and you'd like to go free of charge, it's very simple. Be the seventh caller to do so. You call in number seven. You are the winner of those tickets for you and a friend. Once we have your information, we will message you immediately. The show doesn't even need to be over. We will message you immediately with the information you need to know. Those two tickets will be yours, but that's for later. I have three t-shirts to give away. I've already spoken to the winner, so I will announce them on the show because I just wanted to make sure that, you know, because when you say, hey, I'm going to be wearing a free t-shirt, please give me all your personal information. It might be a little weird, right? Like, what? So you got to like warm these people up to the idea that I need your address. As long as nobody, yeah, as long <laughs> yeah. as nobody sends you your yeah, right. blood like, sample. I'm just some guy messaging them going, yeah. So like, give me your, uh, I want a free t-shirt. Please input your credit card and social security <laughs> number in the message box. So I wanted to like let them know ahead of time. It's like, I'm going to message it on the show, but I want to let you know ahead of time. Da, 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 da. So the first t-shirt, the first winner goes to my main man Brian Estep who is from Kansas. Nice. He lives in Kansas. He the listens heart of to America. the show. Yes. Uh, I'm so glad his name was drawn. Uh, the pool was not as big as I had hoped, but that's fine. It was a nice sized pool. Everyone who wanted to be a part of the raffle, you all got a fair shot. We pulled I pulled those names when I got here. So it nice. wasn't like I had like uh, an idea in my head of what I wanted to do. I actually had no clue what I wanted to do, literally until I got off the rainy bus here. But I did draw three names fairly and squarely. And Brian is a winner, and I'm glad Brian's a winner, this Brian in particular, because this fucker here constantly, <laughs> constantly berates me for my love of the man himself, Jinder Mahal. Oh. Now, I am kicking myself. His, his Maharaja. Yes, I'm kicking myself for not giving you that song to play because that's ah. usually the cue for my show. So you guys are going to skate by on this one time. But he gives me shit all the time for it. Jokingly, we go back yeah. and forth, but he always busts my balls about it. I know he listens to the show. He's always quoted some things from the show to me. He's a big fan of the show, so I'm glad that a, a true hardcore got a, got, a, got one of the shirts. So thank you, Brian, for listening. You are the first winner of one of those T-shirts. And as a matter of fact, if you want to find out where you can purchase the shirt, after tonight in case you don't win uh, I got a little commercial for you guys check it out the show what shirt are you wearing ah it doesn't matter it's trash it's a terrible shirt you should tear it off right now and be ashamed of yourself you need to go buy my shirt AJ Orsini's shirt the official Orsini's uncensored mind t-shirt how can you get this shirt I'm glad you asked you big dummy all you need to do is go to ProWrestlingTees.com backslash A-J-O-U-M and buy the shirt. It's great with a good logo on it. It's a beautiful thing. You need to buy it for yourself and your family and your friends. Stocking stuffers under the tree. I don't care what you do. You can wash your car with it. You can use it as a bookmark. It's a dumb bookmark, but you can use it as a bookmark. I don't care what you do with it. If you're Spanish, you can tear it to pieces and clean your house with it like you always do with those other rags. Maybe you can update your stuff. I don't care what you do it for. Buy the shirt. ProWrestlingTees.com backslash A-J-O-U-M. And all those things that I said in that commercial are absolutely true. I could care less what you use the shirt for. And although it is a very sexy shirt, I went live earlier with it. I'm wearing it right now. And I didn't wear it here. 
so that it didn't get dirty. It had to look nice. presentable, right? So uh, I, I did all that. So Brian is the first winner of our uh, T-shirt raffle. Of course, if you want to call into the show and want to get a shot at winning those capital tickets, it's very simple. Pick up your phone and go to 609-910-0687. That is your number to dial. Talk to me right now. And we're going to move on to the next topic. We're going to keep this moving here. And I'm going to talk a little something right now. That is very near and dear to my heart because it's one of the most important things I used to do when I was in the wrestling business, brother. When I was in the wrestling business, this thing was huge for me. I know I said the same thing backwards, but that's fine (laughs) because that's how important I feel when I read this stuff out because this is going to be an I told you so moment, all right? I don't want to dislocate my shoulder, but someone's got to pat me on the back, okay? I've been saying this shit for a long, long time, and now that the man himself, the dead man, the undertaker has come out and said something very remote, very close to what I've been saying. It kind of makes me feel a little warm and fuzzy inside. So uh, The Undertaker is his work name, obviously, but he's been going recently. This is not me going out of school. This is him going out recently saying Mark Calloway, his real name. And he did an interview recently with a pastor by the name of Ed Young, who's been doing this project, trying to do the whole church and wrestling thing, which someone dabbled in back in the day. I seem to remember some footage floating around of Shawn Michaels and Sting doing some yeah. stuff. I thought you were going to say Brother Love, but that's no, a no, bit no, different. No, 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 no. Although there is a nice connection there with him being the former manager. But uh, he did an interview where he was talking about a lot of cool stuff, man, and he was dropping some 411. The problem is, and I say problem, is that I'm sure some people are going to have hurt emotions over some of the things that he said. I'm going to read an exact quote uh, that was written down from the interview. It's from a soundbite. It's it's the exact quote. It's the Undertaker talking about the topic of athleticism and character, okay, in in, in pro wrestling, not just WWE. So he said, the athletes today, they're off the chart. It's just ridiculous how athletically talented the men and women are, and for that matter, but they rely. Important word, rely. See, wrestling and sports entertainment, it's not about the moves. really isn't. It's being able to evoke emotion in one facet or another. You have to either make people love you or you have to make them hate you. Either way, it doesn't matter really which one. Certain people like to be hated and other people like to be loved, but you can't bring that emotion out of your audience. You're not going to have them for long. And a lot of times what happens with these young guys is they're so athletic, they're so gifted, They'll do some kind of crazy double backflip off the top, land on somebody on the floor, and that's what the audience takes away from it. Oh, this guy does crazy stuff. Well, you can see that so many times before you're like, I've seen that, I need something new. That's the position they sometimes back themselves into. They have to keep upping the ante, and when you up the ante like that, then you increase your potential for injuries, catastrophic injuries at that. So character guys like The Rock, Cena, Flair, all those guys like that, they had the ability to make you love them or make you hate them. I mentioned earlier that I myself had dabbled in the actual pro wrestling stuff. I've done the pro wrestling, and I did it myself. And I tried to involve other people into that. And it's always been a principle of mine that character has to come over the moves. I am now being informed. I've got a phone call. I'll get back to this in a second. Who's this on the air? Who's this on the line? Hey, this is Hippie. I'm sorry, this is who? Oh, Hippie, Hippie. Yes, Hippie, Hippie. Yes, yes, yes. How you doing, big man? How you doing? I'm doing all right. I want your opinion on what you think the biggest issue that independent wrestling is facing today, in your opinion. 
Biggest issue independent wrestling is facing today actually ties into what I was just going to talk about uh, right before you called in. I was talking about a quote that The Undertaker had. I just read the whole quote, literally just read the whole thing. But the, the synopsis of the whole thing is that people should be taking more advantage or more importance to their character as opposed to the moves. My biggest problem with independent wrestling, and one of your favorite wrestlers, uh, Chris Cage, said this on my show not too long ago, where he stated... There's not a lot of people that can talk in wrestling. Talk, as in, like, not get in front of a microphone and say words. I mean, be able to get in front of a microphone, look you dead into your eyes, and make you fucking feel what he is saying. And he means what he's saying. Even if it's in a mm-hmm. joking manner. Even if it's joking. Even, even if you're speaking facetiously. He's just trying to just get a rise out of somebody. They're saying it in a way that generates interest in you. That's the problem that I yeah. have with indie wrestling. I can, the, yeah, I was, it's all about the transference of emotion. Because if you can't get something across, whether it's laughter, humor, anger, you know, there, what's the point of... of being there you got to have your audience feel something absolutely listen i was just going to say as one of my major points for this article uh not article excuse me with this quote is is one of the things that i tell students when i when i go visit schools and when i when i talk to the young people coming up into the business one of the things that i always say is i can get 30 guys off the street and i can teach them how to execute a moonsault and the moonsault will come off fine how many of those 30 will do the moonsault in a way where I want to pay to see him do it? Absolutely. That's the point of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Anybody can do the moves if they practice hard enough. Can you do the moves in a way that tells me that I should be feeling right now? That's why when people steal moves, they copy moves and all that stuff, I don't really have a huge problem with that because are you executing the move in a way that generates me, gives me a chance to really divulge into what's happening? I want to follow the story. Absolutely. I care. I want to care about the individual in the ring, or I want to hate the person in the ring, or I want to fall in love with the person in the ring, or I want to laugh at the person in the ring's jokes, or I want to feel scared for the individual in the ring. There's a range of different emotions. When you go in front of a camera and you say, I'm going to kick his ass on Saturday, that does fucking nothing for me. It does nothing for me. There's seven matches on the card. I'm assuming all of them are going to kick the crap out of each other on Saturday. What is it about you that wants me to... That's why I had a problem... And, and I'll go ahead and say this out loud. Uh, I've said it on the show before. I've met Ricochet. I've worked with Ricochet. Ricochet is an awesome fucking dude. I was stunned when they signed him. Because the only style I had ever seen him do was that style. Now that he's in NXT, you can see a, com- you see a completely different person. He's still doing the flips, but they've minimized yeah. it. They've made the mean something. He does them on point to a degree. It's all, it's all part of the story and what he's trying to accomplish. That's the one thing that I was worried about with Ricochet. But he's doing it in a way now that makes complete sense. If he went back to the Indies tomorrow, he wouldn't be doing that. Unfortunately, we lost a caller, but I'm, I'm just going to continue my point and, and uh, keep listening, Hippie. If, if, uh, if you feel like you can call back, please do call back. But that's my point in, in this article here. You got to make me feel what you're doing. James, what do you think about this quote when you just heard it? I agree completely, 100%. It's, it's strange because wrestling has changed because right. athletically, there's no issues. Athletically, guys are more athletic than they've ever been. They right. take the portion of their bodies a lot more seriously. There's right. less junk in the business. There's more mm-hmm. people... You know, dietary concerns. We know more about bodies and how they perform. In the attitude era, or the golden era, as people refer to it as the end all be all, which, 
you know, that's a different argument in and of itself. The Episode fifty four, reality era versus reality era. Okay, I'm a current era. The uh, the stress it seemed was more story based, and the wrestling suffered is what the perception was. Now it's the other way around. Yeah. Now we're getting you know all high, the great wrestling, all the great. <laughs> I wouldn't say great wrestling because it has to mean something. That's right. part of it, like you're saying. Absolutely. We're getting more of the athleticism, the pure right. athleticism than we did then. But it's hurt. Why am I invested? If I'm not invested, right. I honestly, I can go see anybody flip. I can right, see exactly. anybody dive through the middle rope three times in the same match. What does it mean? Now, if you're doing that and then... You know, you hurt his shoulder out there. Then the rest of the match, you're working a shoulder. It means something. Right, yeah. You're telling you're the just, story. If you're just doing it to do it, you're yeah. the move shouldn't get the pop. The reason why you're doing it should mm-hmm. mean more. Right. And now people applaud for that. They don't, they cheer that. They don't cheer the action. They cheer the actual, that was a cool looking thing. But right. when it doesn't mean anything, right. it doesn't translate. But I, th- I, but his question, I think, it, it was a very specific question. It, it's, it's like, a, what's wrong with the indie scene? So, like, the best way that I could give you an analogy, I was working at a, a school, uh, House of Glory, as a matter of fact. I'll, I'll go ahead and say I was working with a school where they were teaching kids all these different moves, and one of the kids, who was like a former gymnast or whatever, he saw a move on YouTube that he wanted to try, and they put the bag out for him, and he went up to the top, and I, we didn't know what it was. He just said, I'm going to try it. And he executed a 630. Wow. Now he did it just based on he saw a YouTube video the night before. He just did it. And when he did it, somebody next to me said, Oh, that guy's going to be a star. And I leaned over and said, Why? Why? Yeah. How the hell is he going to be a star for that? He just did a 630. It's amazingly athletic. I give him all the credit in the world. He's an amazing athlete. Why is he going to be a star in the wrestling business? What what does that 630 do for the story? What what 630 in particular, this is why I bring it up. It's a momentum move. You're double flipping. You're putting all your momentum into one strike, right? So if he had executed that 630 following a struggle between the two he goes to the top rope for another move that was ineffective. He's panicking. He doesn't know what to do. He's stressed out. He's been fighting this guy this entire time. He's spent, and now he goes up for the fucking Hail Mary. Slowest shit. The slowest setup to a 630 you possibly can. Cracks it as fast as he can. Hits one, two, three. Now I understand the 630. Because not only is the move impactful, right. the impact of drawing out establishing that you couldn't do it before right. using all of these you other moves. You needed the 630 yes. to beat him. There was no other fucking way. The only way to beat this guy was to take all of your fucking weight and rotate it so fucking hard that it injured you in the process. Yeah, exactly. That's how bad that move needs to come off. If you execute it, because I've seen people do 630s and the guy kick out. That was the problem I had. I, you haven't yeah, been on, you, I have, you, I have you weren't on the show. When uh, I was having arguments with people about Okada and Omega. When you do Tiger suplex from the top rope and then wrestle for 15 more minutes, I am lost. Yeah. I lose all attention in this matchup. You're no longer he was invested drilled from emotionally. the top of his head, of the, to- of the very top of his head, from 20 feet up. Yeah. Essentially, almost. Because the turnbuckles itself is about six. They're six. So you're, you're, you're dabbling into some pretty high numbers here. And he got drilled from the top of his head, from the top of that to the, to the fucking ground. And then he kicks out and executes offensive maneuvers. You're asking, you're asking <laughs> people to suspend their disbelief right. too much. Yeah, in that too, yeah exactly. Too there, much. There is a reasonable amount of disbelief. But that, 
you know, I'm sorry. You dropped me on bit, my head. Yes. I'm not getting up for 20 minutes. Yeah. At least sell the fucking thing, which he did. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and shit on Okada. He's one of the best professional wrestlers in the world. But that's where we get, that's where we have that conversation between character and moveset because I've seen Okada's work. I think he's a fantastic wrestler. I'm not a fan of him. Yeah. That's my only problem. I get shit on all the time for it, but I'm sorry that I don't follow in with the social norms. I, I think he's a great wrestler. If you take him in and put him in the ring with another great wrestler and just let him work, I'll enjoy the shit out of it because I'm a traditionalist. I'm an old school guy, and I like the way he works. Yeah. If you're telling me I'm a fan of his work, no, because what, what, what the fuck does yeah. he do? What stories has he had? <laughs> he looks good. Of yeah, the right. Like, the, yeah. like the recently they had the they did a a, um, a heel turn for uh, Gato. Yes, he he turned down Okada. No, I'm a little invested because I know he's going to come out there. He's going to have a different type of match now. He's going to try to beat the shit out of this guy. Yeah, I'm pay, invested. Payback, something. Right, <laughs> right. Because they were like, well, the storyline is him and Omega. The, uh, what was it? Omega hadn't executed his finishing move yet. That was the storyline. He didn't do one one winged angel yet. Okay. All right, that works great. That works great for the match psychology yeah. what's the story what happens outside yeah, they of the blur ropes. that yeah. they blur that they compare the psychology with the story that's why when people tell me oh this match had great psychology and then I ask what was the psychology they'll tell me the story no, no those are two different. separate fucking yes. things yeah. there is a story it's ring psychology right. yeah. there is a story that led to the psychology that equated to the work that's how the math works on wrestling. I need to know why they're fighting. Once you decide that, now we're going to see what they do to fight, and then it will equate to this. What this comes is, this, next. This was, yeah. this was the end result of that. Yeah. That's how that works. So that's why when he says you have to build a character, character is step one. Once you build a character, and the other guy builds a character, when you put those two characters together, you devise a story. Yeah. You make <laughs> well, it meaningful. Right. And this exactly. is coming from perhaps the greatest character right. guy right, exactly. in the history who, of the uh, business. Who's, who's explaining basically his recipe for success. This is how I did and it. And no one can argue with his yeah. success. His, Anyone uh, who can is No crazy. one can touch it. I, I still say to this day, he's the greatest WWE superstar of all time. I don't care how many championships other people won. Yeah, he's he the greatest he of all he time. Need them. He was on top the entire time for over 25 years, untouched. That's past San Martino, that's past Hogan, that's past Cena, that's past everybody. Yeah, everybody. In, a, in, a, in a quote unquote gimmick that and no one thought would have that lasted. Should that should have failed. Yeah. Look at that goofy ass gimmick when it started. Look at, I mean, the, with the gloves <laughs> yeah. and, the, and the pale face. And the purple eyes. His moveset was a choke and a yeah. no sell. His no, no sell, sell was a move. Yeah. <laughs> that was part of the. I think I've seen him <laughs> pin people from fear. Like he would just do the rise and they would freak out. And it's he like, I'm him. just going to lay down. Yeah, just fuck this. I'm not fighting this guy. <laughs> they still sell it the same way. When the gong hits, and they all look at the fucking curtain like, oh shit! Oh no! It's like when your dad comes home and you've been acting like a bitch all day, and you're like, oh, dad's coming, and you hear the keys and you start shitting yourself. Yeah, the gong goes off and the chocolate comes out. <laughs> exactly, just like that, Mister Softy style, with the <laughs> swirl, with the swirl, and it comes down uncontrollably. You got the shakes. That's what happens when Takers comes out. And you know what? When you when you see guys, because the Young Bucks obviously come to the top of the list when you start talking about Spotty and all that stuff. But you know what? They've gone on record in saying like. We could do the WWE style. We could change what we do to fit a more traditional style. It just to. doesn't make as much money yeah. as the other style. And I don't begrudge anybody for finding a niche. And right. I think there's room at the table for everybody. Yes, absolutely. And people tend to say, if you like this, you can't like that. Right. I'm sorry. It's my fandom. It's my dollar. Right. I choose what I want to pay for. Absolutely. And it, it works. To me, the conversation should be a two-way street. If you're sitting here telling me that your style of wrestling should be able to sit at the table and be considered a style of wrestling, I will give you that. 
on the condition that you accept, I don't have to fucking like it there. Absolutely. That's the only problem with I don't, it. I, I might want to sit at a different yeah. table. Right. <laughs> I respect the people who do hardcore wrestling. One of my one of my favorite hires all time. I tell this story all the time. Matt Tremont. Oh, absolutely. I thought he was X when he was X, Y, Z. This guy is talented all across the board. I was completely wrong. And I told him that. You know, I was wrong in judging you. I never said anything negative to him. I just had my own opinion about him when I hired him. And I figured we're gonna get a good match out of him. It was Ray's. It was him and Ray's. And I said we're gonna get. A good I was there. I think I yeah, called that. Yeah, match. I think you did. And I was just thinking to myself, uh, you know, we'll get a good match out of him. I wasn't thinking much of it. And no hardcore stuff. No, no blood. No skewers. None of that shit. He went in there and had a pro wrestling match with and Ray's. They both worked and, hard. Yeah, they worked hard for it. and yeah. stiff. And they walked in and their shit was good and tight and everything looked great. And I walked away from that match going, I completely fucking misjudged him. And after that, when he, uh, he went back to CZW, he changed the gimmick up, started doing the Father Matthew stuff, yeah. and he just changed the whole thing around, and, and he started getting all this momentum, and I became a huge fucking fan. Having said that, I'm not a fan of hardcore wrestling. I can do both. I can like the person, but not like the style. Yeah. The style can sit at the table. It makes money. One of my favorite promotions of all time was ECW, but I didn't like ECW for the hardcore shit. I liked it because it was wild and wacky, and you can say bitch on TV. That's why I liked it. <laughs> it was MS, all over yeah, the place. MSG it was a Network, variety show. Yeah, yeah, it really was. If you go to YouTube and look at those old fucking old old Betamax fucking promos that they fucking have yeah. on YouTube, where it's just one camera and the dude's coming out of the fucking shower or something goofy, and they're saying a bunch of weird shit. The promos back they were fucking ridiculous but they were ridiculous because that was the wrestler speaking paul didn't give scripts he gave direction and he gave different directions and he chose the best one to go with for the tv program and he would try to get something out of the fucking guys something from fucking in here so hippie asked what was wrong what i thought was wrong with the indie scene to me that's what's wrong with wwe they're not genuine anymore they have they have too many line by line yeah it's well there's there's I understand that it's a big business and you have to get in, or I understand the line of thinking, I, I don't like it or agree with it, that right. you have to hit certain phrases and certain words to make people, it's been market tested to elicit this response from people. Right. But it takes all the creativity and emotion out of it if the same guy is saying it the same way later on in the show. You have guys speaking in the same tongue. Yeah. You can tell when someone when the same guy has written something for someone you're speaking in the writer's voice you're not speaking in your own voice and if two guys are getting the same quote unquote script from the same guy the voice is going to be the same yeah, absolutely that's why i appreciate guys like kevin owens because kevin owens when you watch kevin owens on raw or smackdown regardless of what brand he's on you can see a guy who got his script and said what can i do just outside of this circumvented right yeah. where it's like i want to deliver your message but is there any way that i could tweak it this way or that way because he always tries to put his own spin on shit even if it's something as subtle as i'm going to say the script but i'm going to do it in french or it's like uh, i'm going to i'm going to say the script but i'm going to inflect differently so that it gets a different point across where it's like it comes off more as a threat as opposed to me just reading a line yeah. or or he'll do or one of the things that he does that i think is brilliant and i think more people should do is sometimes the best way to change your promo is to not promo how many times does he stand in the ring and he'll say a sentence and let that and fucking it. sentence sit? Yeah. And they, uh, you know who's a master at this? He's been doing this recently? Elias. Yeah. Elias will drop the line and he'll sit there for the next half and an hour if he wait, has to. Just wait for it. If he has to, he'll sit there all fucking night. And I can, I can hear them in the ear going, okay, move, move, move. 
and he just he'll let that heat sink in and let he gives you the opportunity to hate him. He yeah. doesn't just go to the next Rush line so he next doesn't line. forget. Yeah. Like Randy Orton who just bulldozes through the script to say he doesn't fucking forget it. Whereas a guy where I'd rather have five sentences that mean something than 20. Than that 20 just, that mean nothing. That does yeah. just gibberish. It's just more. Because it'll get lost. Whatever, yeah. which if you have one meaningful line right. in a 20 page dissertation that takes From a guy who's not been in the wrestling business more than a day. And he's yeah. going to tell me. How to write a promo, like for instance, like we just did Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy. These guys have been wrestling each other for like what, twenty years? Yeah. So fucking Eric from law school over here is gonna come over and tell me how to cut a promo on fucking Jeff Hardy. Well, I've been watching for you know. Yeah, I have the network too. Yeah. No, yeah. that doesn't. I got count. a username like yesterday. I've been checking it yeah. out. You guys in the Royal Rumble were pretty good it's, like ten years ago. I think it's good to have writers in the way of, hey, how do we branch this to this? Right. But to literally put words in people's mouth, yeah. I don't think that helps anybody. I've made the argument for writers in the sense of, because there are some guys that it works for. AJ's whole career turned around thanks to the writers. Yeah, fair. Because the fucker could not cut a promo in yeah. TNA to save his life. If his children were wrapped in a rope, hanging over a vat of acid, and they told him, give me 60 seconds of why I should let your kids live, they'd be dead halfway through the fucking promo. Like his the, promos were the shits. Like the villain in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Exactly. Right, yeah. right in the dip. Right in the dip. <laughs> His kids would have, they'd have been dipped, as he would say from the South. But that's exactly what would have happened. His, the, the writers helped him out immensely because they gave him, he's not a promo guy. So they gave him, exa- I think now, I think by now, if he left the WWE, his promos would be great. I think the lesson, the, 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 the schooling he got in WWE on how and when and what to say and all that stuff, I think all that stuck. But they needed to break his ass. Same thing with Joe. Joe's just an angry man all the time. Now in the WWE, he saw that his marriage, his words mean something, yeah. and he turns the page. And he well, still that's because yells. of the the style you were talking about. And to the quote, no one would question AJ right. because his in ring ability is so good. They would overlook a lot of the glaring things right. in the rest of his performance. Right, and that's and, a part of it. And I think a lot of people. I think the reason why he never improved his promo is because no one asked him to. Yeah, they didn't know what to. Yeah, they was they like, well, he's AJ to. Styles. They're paying to see him wrestle. Yeah. Now he goes to the big stage with people with actual weight. I'm sure a guy like Triple H, who's been doing this for forever, he walked over to AJ. He said, you talk for shit. <laughs> no, we're, no, but we're gonna need to with all due respect. Yeah. yeah, you're one of the best wrestlers in the world. I'll give you that, but you talk for shit. It's like I don't. So we need to sit you down and fucking break you. You're from the South. What else? Right. And a lot of fans sometimes they lose track of that. They'll see a star that they love from the Indies or from another promotion that come to the WWE, and they consider it a burial. Whereas the WWE sees it as reconstruction. We need him to... What was the quote that... uh, I think it was Arn Anderson. The quote for Seth Rollins. He was excellent in French. We needed him to speak English. Ah, That's what it was. That's a great quote. Because it's it's exactly what we're talking about. He was great there at what he did. But that was that style. He needs to do this now. So if he can incorporate some of that in here, that's cool. But that's why a lot of those ROH guys who got cut from NXT or just didn't get signed that's why because if adapt. you can't transition Chris Jericho another quote I'm going to bring out Chris Jericho because people sometimes blame the PG thing PGGRX doesn't matter baby if you can't work that style you're not as great as you think you are yep. 
That's it. If you can't and he, adjust, and Chris Jericho had problems when he first came in adapting yep, as well. He That's did. Why he, he almost got fired yep. because he couldn't adapt. That's why he knows now. He goes, listen, if you and the first rule of adaption is vulnerability. That's the first rule of adaption. If you've got ego, if you if you think to yourself you know what you're doing, that's the you're not adapting to shit. You're forcing it. You never stop learning. You're, you never stop learning. You can't you can't stop being humble about your situation. You absolutely cannot. So that's one of those situations there. So I mean, I wanted to bring that quote up, man. That was a good quote, and uh, I had a lot of fun with that. We got more callers. Just uh, no no in. more callers right now. Okay. So I'm going to let you guys know again. Six oh nine. Nine one zero zero six eighty seven. That is the number to call. We have a few more topics we need to get to, but uh, our first hour is already done. Our first hour is already Flying. in the books. The live edition. Yeah. Now I've had a two-hour rule. I don't know if you know about this. Yes, I've had you a two-hour rule. Like I don't like going two hours. Yeah. I got close with the goat interview, which was I think one fifty. Well, that's something like that. But it was so many hard. people. Yeah. So I had to like, it was weird. But even my interviews, like 90 minutes, hour and 40 at the most, because I want the interviewer to get their time to see what they have to say. My episodes never go past an hour and 50. So I'm breaking my own rule here, but what better time to do so than the one hour anniversary show. So Yeah, all those rules and regulations you put out in episode one. Absolutely. You know, you could break them at, at, at your will. <laughs> Now, we have any capital commercials on deck here? Uh, no, but just head on over to 301 Garden Street tomorrow night. Bell time is 8 p.m. Come say hi to me. I'll be calling all the action. Sonny Kiss, the capital wrestling champion, will take on the endgame. Paul Jordan, six foot eight, two 298 pounds. It's going to be a, to quote the great JR, a slobber knocker. There you go. I, I, I'm not an em- I said this on the live thing. I am not an employee of a capital wrestling, but you would swear by my catalog that I am. <laughs> yeah. Because I've had so many capital wrestlers on my fucking show. And to be fair, uh, there's a correlation. There's kind of a reason for that. And I've discovered this over time. It wasn't a plan. But I have a history, and I'm going to shout him out right now because he's also been a very big part of uh, my career and everything that I've done. Matthew Ryan, who is obnoxious. Yes. But the most beautiful, obnoxious person you'll ever fucking meet because you want to talk about fucking passion. Okay, I credit myself. That's the one thing I do credit myself. I am passionate about the wrestling business. It is my life. It is my blood. It is my air. It is everything. Everything in my life is wrestling business. Very rarely do I sit across a table from somebody who loves this shit as much as I do. And Matthew Ryan is in that group. It's a very small group. Probably one hand of people that I've worked with where I'm like, yeah, this guy really gives a shit. And Matt sometimes cares so much it hurts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it hurts oh, him yeah. and it hurts the people around him. Yeah. Sometimes he cares so much it hurts. But you know what? He cares. He cares. He, he, he's one of those guys, man. He wants everybody around him to be successful. Uh, he wants to be successful. He's got to drive. I've always loved that about him. And that's why it's no coincidence that we dabbled in a lot of the same talent. Uh, I picked my guest for my show throughout this whole year. And believe it or not, one year, 56 episodes. I only have like around six or seven one-on-one interviews. And the reason for that is because I am very, very selective. Could I go into my bank account right now and get a ton of money out and pay for Ricky the Dragon Steamboat or Ted DiBiase or the guy who just got cut from WWE yesterday? Could I get those guys in the podcast? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it is, it's not about connections. It's about money. I, if, yeah. I, if I went in there and pulled out my payroll right now and just gave it to... 
any fucking random guy off the street to come on the show, they'd probably fucking do it. So to me, that that was not something that I wanted to do. To me, what I wanted to do, I wanted to bring guests on my show that I thought the audience would be interested in. Here's someone new I've never heard about or someone I have heard about but don't really know too much about and I could check out this show for only 90 minutes. I don't have to sit through three or four hours of him babbling the same shit over and over again. Yeah. We have a decent amount of fucking questions asked. We laughed. We have conversations. I hit it with nine random as fucks. Nice. And then we go off and that's our show. And so like guys like Mike Law, who you know very well oh, yeah. Capital Wrestling, Great not guy. the biggest guy in the world, but to me, one of the best pure pro wrestlers in the game right now. And I'm not talking about New York, New Jersey. I'm talking about right now. It's a guy who engages the audience Absolutely. on every single Complete level. Complete package guy. Yep. If he was a foot taller, he'd already be signed. I agree. And, and, and it's a shame that that's the criteria yeah. for some people, but it, it is what it is. And I think Mike understands that. Yeah. But it doesn't stop him. He's also very passionate about the business. Uh, Ariella next coming on to the show. She's the Capital Wrestling Women's Champion. Oh, yeah. Uh, very talented. I've known her since students' days. I, uh, I met her when she literally first signed on to train to be a wrestler. Wow. And now she's your, your uh, Capital Wrestling Women's Champion. So extra Someone proud of her. who works very hard as well. Yeah, obviously. Uh, the GOAT, obviously. Uh, family, we grew up together. We, we've come into this business together and uh, I'm not going to tip my hand now because I'm going to end this with uh, something that I haven't done in a long time Orsini hasn't cut a promo in a long time ah. so I'm going to be ending this with a promo so I'm not going to tip my hand but Goat is is pretty much family to me they're like brothers to me and sisters Miss Ivy Roman I haven't had a chance to meet the new one there's a new member I haven't had a chance to meet her but we will soon we'll, we'll dabble uh, you know EC Negro was the first guest that I had and to me, to me, there is there's no 15 countries, there's no 2,000 downloads without EC Negro. He was the biggest download I had. He's currently the highest downloaded episode I have to this day. Wow. And I've had a lot of downloads from a lot of different episodes. But um, That's a testament to yeah, the respect he was, that he garners. He, was, uh, he yeah. was my number one download up until Ariella Nix. And then she surpassed because she's just so popular right now. Yeah. But um, he announced his retirement recently. So in spirit of that, I released that um, interview again, and it exploded all over again. Wow. Because it gave people an opportunity to see the real him. I think sometimes when Negro walks into interviews and walks into studios to do podcasts, and this is just me speaking, I don't know for a fact, but I feel like he plays the character. When he was in my house, um, he knows me personally. I grew up watching him perform. I've always respected him. I've always told him my respect for him. So he was the first guy I called for my podcast. Literally the first interview, I, the first guy I wanted was Negro. And I called him on the phone and I said, brother, I know it's a long shot. I haven't been doing this for very long. I think he was episode 14. So, yeah, he, 14, so I said, I haven't been doing this for very long, but I'd love to have you as a guest. I just got this new board and I, I have a chance to do an interview. I'd like you to be first. He said, uh, uh-uh, where and when? Wow. Yeah. So I said, dude, is there any way you can get to Brooklyn to my house and we could put this together? He's just one day. I said, well, can you do it on a Monday or whatever? He's like, I'm okay, cool. Because it was like a holiday, so school was out and stuff. So so he came by. We sat down. I bought him a bottle of Patron as a nice gift. He never opened it. He was on a diet. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I kind of fucked up. I got him something he couldn't have. So he's got a, ball, a bottle of Temptation in front of him the entire hour and a half. What a jerk. But we went in there, man, and he talked about shit in my podcast. I'm going to be honest with you. I have never heard him say anywhere else. He told the real story of the team breakup, all the shit that went down in his family, all the personal time he took. He got deep. And when it was all over, I kind of felt bad, to be honest with you. I was like, dude, you really opened up. And I was like, are you all right? Like, I didn't hope I didn't ask the question that was too personal. He yeah. said, bro, I didn't intend on opening up, 
but you you got you made me to, him comfortable. You got he, me to open yeah. up without the Patron. <laughs> he was <laughs> that interview was him sober. So if you go back to listen to that episode, that's him sober. So, uh, um, going going through all these, I wanted to be very specific with my guests. I want to be very specific, and I I always want to give the audience something to not just be entertained by, but genuinely learn from. Even when I do my own shit. I'll bring up topics like like we just talked about now. We just went through this whole thing. We just did like 15 minutes yeah, on character and, and, and what it means to wrestling and all that stuff. And someone's going to hear that and they're going to go, fuck that shit. And you know what? That's fucking fine, man. <laughs> if you don't fucking agree with Orsini has to say, brother, that's cool. But give me the opportunity to retort. I love having conversations, debates, and discussions on Facebook. You've seen me trashing people oh, yeah, all the time. Oh, yeah, it's great. And they'll trash me back. We'll go back and forth. I'm a spectator for a lot of yeah, those. But yeah. just, just know I'm just, in that comment yeah, box know, just watching. Oh, just waiting for wait it. for See him those, to drop the hammer. Wait for those three dots to hit. I'm waiting for it. Let's go, bitch. Let's bring it. And I got no problem. I'll block the ones who go too far. But just for the record, too far means like you're not even listening to the conversation. Anymore. Yeah. Now you're, you're just, no longer engaged. Now you're, you're just, just insulting to us. Right. If you want to, I. As a matter of fact, I got in trouble in Florida. I never got to talk about this. When we were on vacation in Florida, I got into a knockdown drag out over the Ronda Rousey thing. It was really the, I was in Florida when that debate happened about Ronda Rousey and not paying her dues and all that shit. That whole hundred comment fucking thing. That, yeah, I was in fucking Florida. I was You're on, on vacation. vacation. My son was in the tub. I'm supposed to be bathing <laughs> my son, and instead I am full out debating this fucking guy. I don't know furiously, um, furiously, bro. Those three <laughs> bar because I'm like it got so deep in the conversation when the three dots came up. I was almost offended. Like how. How the fuck do How you are think you're coming back continuing? from that? I just owns you, bro. There's no <laughs> fucking way. And then he would come back, but he would have something good. That guy that I debated with, the very next fucking day, liked the Orsini Uncensored Mind page. He started commenting on the page stuff. He became wow. a fucking fan. That's and good. the reason for that is because I... I didn't yell. I didn't scream. Obviously, through tone, through text, it's a little you, difficult. You engaged but, him, but I had an answer yeah. for every question. And then when he had a question for me, I, you know, we went just back and forth. It was a fucking full. It was the most heated civil thing I've ever been through in my entire life. <laughs> well, you sir yeah. are wrong. Yes, well, yes, bully. So yeah, that's how that conversation went down. So whenever somebody has a disagreement or somebody like goes against, oh, I don't agree with that. Cool, bro. Don't fucking agree because there's a lot of shit I'm not going to agree with either. Yeah. So we'll go back and forth. We were talking on air about, well, you're very careful with reviewing and criticizing. And I've said it before on the show and I'll say it again. Uh, as a person who considers himself still in the business, even though I haven't done a show since, I don't know, a few months now, um, I still I still have that respect for the industry. And I can't sit here and criticize a WWE superstar for something they did on a pay-per-view when I haven't sniffed a pay-per-view like that before i can critique i can have an opinion but i can't go on my podcast and be like yeah. that guy's fucking trash yeah because that's not constructive if you're saying it as it relates to the things that you're trying when people critique something as it relates to their own deficiencies right. i'm okay with that right. where it's like i see this person does this and I sort of do something similar, but I like the way that he did it. I'm right. going to try it. That's constructive. But to just right. say with no reason, I don't like this person, A, you don't know this person. B, you don't know what goes into their preparation at the level that they're on. So you don't live their life. So there's no. no reason for you to criticize and trash them. No, what it is, what, and, and I, at first, I thought this whole internet troll thing was just something to like... Uh, I actually thought people were getting something from this, where they were like, well, they really believe in what they're saying. Yeah. Horseshit. They don't. What I have found out now, or learned over time, because before this podcast, I never really engaged in social media like that. 
if I had a social media, like I had Facebook before this, yeah. but I didn't have an Instagram. I barely tweeted. It barely like even existed. I, I still don't. I don't think I had a profile pic. I think I was the egg you for were the like egg? three months or something. Like <laughs> it I, finally hatched. Yeah, it finally it hatched like a motherfucker. It created a litter of <laughs> one year the, later. Yeah, so one year. Well, no, before the year, but the show really got me more social. Con- you know, thinking more on a social media level, and and opening up to different things. And even on that, when you post, you're, you find yourself being a little bit more vulnerable and you're because you, you're posting this opinion out and you know it's a free form for them to state a rebuttal or that's stupid like you're leaving yourself pretty open to pretty some pretty nasty shit when you do that right so so i thought these people were being this visceral about it because uh they just really felt that strongly about they the were point. as passionate it's a about fucking their point show yeah. it's a fucking show they're performing they're hoping somebody picks this shit up and gives them a pat on the back yeah i see it all the time especially like in these wrestling groups when it's the same guy over and over posting up the same i always laugh it's their it's, own celebrity right it's their own celebrity yeah. like they'll post the same exact status in like eight different groups and just see which one they can really poke at yeah and then once they once they oh you're an asshole they're fishing oh, there it. it is i'll okay, be here i'm in now. right yeah. and then i'll snapchat uh, i'll screenshot that and then post and it post to something that else back into the other groups like this guy over here called me an asshole what a dick go ahead and get him tag and they start tagging people and you're like bro what are you doing with your life right now like you, how long have you been sitting at your fucking desk just doing tag, that just yeah. doing this all fucking day so that's why after a while i just stopped caring to be honest with you like unless you have something very strong like a real thought out detailed fucking opinion about something i just i ignore it those times that you see me battle people is because when i responded they had a legit fucking response to come back because yeah. there's sometimes well i'll respond and they'll come back with the most retarded fucking and, comment ever, and i will it. type okay i'm done here and yeah. then i'll just i won't block and or it's anything. not you're done i'm just ignoring the notifications yeah. at this point because i'm just like that's people, not even a response people right. might confuse that as okay i'm done as in i have nothing else to say right it's, they'll take it as a win which yeah, is fine it's listen it's a concession just I get so it. you know it, yeah, it, it's I'm not conceding this argument to you because i refuse to divulge my brain to this and, sad and sadistic shit that you're bringing to the table and they're only arguing with themselves at that point because they're yeah, not really listening is. to what you're saying no, they're not, not engaging with it they're not they're just waiting for their turn to speak right like the Ronda Rousey situation yeah. when okay she hasn't paid her dues she doesn't deserve to be champion I'm like first of all why the fuck do you care yeah what dues the performer fucking paid since when did that fucking matter mm-hmm. to the fucking fan and if you mean dues in the sense of I didn't get a chance to take that ride with her because I'm not a UFC fan. So as far as I'm concerned, she came in the door and just became champion. Even then, like, they paid, they played the promo packages yeah. for you leading up to this shit. She's a pretty legit fucking badass. And, and she's fairly mainstream. Out of all of the people that you wouldn't know from MMA, she's probably one of the top ones besides Conor McGregor, yeah. who has eclipsed her as a star in terms of Dude, MMA. At one point, people were legitimately discussing Ronda Rousey versus Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. And they were just discussed at that point. It was just a conversation of rules. Yeah, they were like, "How would she's they do such it? a badass?" Yeah. Right. So you're trying to tell me that a person who wakes up at 4 a.m. every day, cracks those two eggs, does the 10 mile run, comes back, gets beat up into the stomach, takes the pads, does all the taekwondo stuff, does all the judo training, takes a nap for an hour, comes back and repeats all that shit for several days, weeks, months, and years at a time, didn't pay dues to win a fake belt? Yeah. <laughs> You're not as well as an uh, as a former Olympian, like yeah. all of these Olymp- things. I mean, she's world class. What kind of dues do you want her to pay? You want her to lose to Alicia Fox a few times on Raw before she becomes? Ch- I, I just didn't understand the conversation. So when he started coming back at me, he was making some reasonable arguments in the sense of tearing. 
You know, he was trying to break it down where it's just like, well, she's a badass and she, she did pay dues. I'm not taking that from her, but she didn't pay dues here. They're using her as a spokesperson, essentially as a ratings thing. And da, da, da. It's I'm a, like, it's a business. That's the point. Yeah, it's a business. Hello. Why is there a championship belt at all? It's to make the audience believe this guy or this gal is, is the, the best yep. in the business and everything's focused on them. That's called a marketing strategy. <laughs> It's been that way since the beginning in every sport. Yeah, they get so emotionally invested, they forget that it's a business. Right. And they're, the objective of the business is right. to get your money. And they have your money either way. Because if you're talking about it, right, that's, exactly. that's money. <laughs> when the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl, the very next Sports Illustrated uh, issue didn't have the Arizona Cardinals on nope. it. It doesn't make any sense. You put the best on there. Why? Because the best sells the product. And they just won. It's a marketing tool. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You're not going to put some hockey team from Saskatchewan that nobody cares about. Sure, they play great, but they didn't win. They, they don't generate any revenue. You've got to generate something. I never understood it. Hey, guys, you're listening to me right now live on MESN Radio. I'm normally on ajoum.podbean.com. Not live. Those are all taped beforehand and then uh, delivered out there every Wednesday, 9 p.m. But there are other platforms that you guys can catch me on. I've been very diligent on the different places in which you can catch the show. So here's just a few platforms and different places you can catch Orsini's Uncensored Mind. Hey, everybody. This is your main man, AJ Orsini, and I am your host of Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and that's the show where, where I dig into this old brain here, this old cerebellum, and, and pull out the most unadulterated, uncensored thought on just about whatever is rolling around in here, man. We're talking about TV shows, music, comic books, games, movies, all forms of entertainment, and of course, my primary field of expertise, professional wrestling. If you're down for all that, down for interviews with up-and-coming talent, down for roundtable discussions, down for all that stuff, head over to ajoum.podbean.com every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Got a problem with Podbean? No problem with me. You can check me out on all kinds of platforms. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio app, Listen Notes, CastBox.fm, and now, starting right now, you can catch me on iHeartRadio. Radio, 15 countries, thousands of downloads. Join the squad of vote today. Yes, those are all the different places, and trust me, it was not easy to get all of those places. <laughs> I got turned down for some of them. I had to keep going back. Hard work. <laughs> uh, just sticking with it, man. So those are all the different places. If you have any of those apps already that way, because I know sometimes when you hear me plug ajoum.podb.com, you guys start thinking, oh, shit, another app I got to get. Nope, not another app. You can keep the fucking apps you got. Don't. Download for the sake of me. Keep your storage exactly where you want it. Just if you happen to have one of those apps, and most Androids, I think, come with Google Play Music, and I think most Apple phones come with iTunes. Yep, all of them do. They come stock. You already have it. Yeah, they, you already, also, should already have it. Yeah. There's also the Apple Podcast app that comes with it. They okay. tried to go away from the iTunes thing now. They're trying more <laughs> More well, hopefully around. my shit transfers over it, too. It does. It does automatically. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, all you got to do a is... A lot of people, that was a big thing. Oh, well, there you go. Well, I'm not big on the Apple stuff. I'm not an Apple guy. But uh, you can hear me on the Apple products now. All you got to do is search Orsini's Uncensored Mind, or you can search the author name, which is myself, AJ Orsini, and uh, and you can do all that. I have a second T-shirt I got to get. Ooh, out. second T-shirt. A second T-shirt. Number three two. all together. That's right. T-shirt number two. And the lucky winner is another person not in this area. 
area, which I'm super excited about. Nice. It's not a New York person. Uh, this I, this person lives out in Allentown, PA, and this is Andy. Andy. Home of Billy Kidman. You know what? I asked him his fucking full name, and he gave me Andy. What so Andy. Andy. Andy in Kansas. I'm going to have to message him. <laughs> I can't just no, ship a box. not in Kansas. Allentown. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm sorry. Brian was in Kansas. Yes, I'm getting <laughs> he's my gonna states. Get two, he's going to get two T-shirts now. Yeah, Brian's now. getting two T-shirts now. I got to hit Andy up and get this last name. I asked him for the full name, and I took it because I saw like the bubble flashing, so I was like, oh, I'll, I'll just check it, and now I look foolish, but it's just Andy. Andy over in Allentown, PA. Andy. Now, for the record, folks, not all of the Andys who live in Allentown, PA yeah. are getting shirts. <laughs> yeah. Let's clarify that right now. I will get the specifics later on Andy, but definitely, I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm going to hit him up now. If you're but an, yes, if but you're you did an win. Andy, yeah. yeah, I'm going to put all caps. You won, asshole. That's <laughs> what you get for not Andy asshole. That's what I'm putting on Andy the parcel. Asshole. That's what I'm putting on the parcel. Old Double A is getting his shirt down there soon. So <laughs> thank you for contributing. He's another one. Uh, 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 he's commented on a few things. So I, I like the fact that the the names that are coming up are, are it's all are spread repeat. out. It's yeah. all spread out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've been having a lot of fun here on the show, man. This has been a great experience for me. I love being here. I, I wish I could be here every week. This, hey, would, be, yeah. <laughs> this would be great. But uh, live is fun. Live is fun. No safety net. No, uh, and I know uh, you do very minimal editing. I, uh, if that, very, you just go and then, I one take a lot of my shit. Yeah. There's a few times I'm not gonna lie. There's a few times where like I I. I got stuck doing it really late. So I'm not drunk or anything. I haven't been drinking. I'm just legitimately tired. Yeah. And so it's like one in the morning. So I'll catch myself like I'll be sometimes. I don't know if you can hear it, but I'll like stifle a yawn while I'm talking. So I pause and then I like get the whole fucking thing out. I'm like yawn, motherfucker. So it gets all out. <laughs> like I'm trying to like hit myself in the back of the head. Like how do you force a yawn? A yawn? I don't you know. You look at somebody <laughs> else yawning? Yeah. What? Like yeah. YouTube videos, like a yawn compilation. <laughs> 2015. I'm sure someone has made a yawn. <laughs> I'm compilation. sure there is too. I, I think 1989 was the best yawn year of all time. <laughs> so I got to go back and, and like look at the best yawners who's ever done it. Uh, but I was trying to like so sometimes it gets really hard to like go the whole way through. But I don't. I have time to sit there and edit. So like I, I've been doing this for years, getting in front of an, a microphone and just talking. And I'm in the privacy of my own home. So the only problem I have sometimes is sometimes I get too loud. Because my wife and my son are asleep. So I'm in the living room just fucking. Go. And out, yeah, like, yeah. and fucking raw, drop the reading. And my wife's like, babe, for real, for fucking real. I'm sleep. like, dude, uh, yeah, I know. So it's it's hard. But um, anyway, we've been having such a great time talking about pro wrestling. Let's talk about some weird shit. Let's get some what the fuck. Oh, man, that's deep. What in the fuck is he doing? What the fuck is going on in here on this day? We have seen, uh, well, on this show, I've done a few what the fuck's going on, man. What the fuck is happening segments. And the last one I did was Droopy Dicks, essentially, is what it was. Is uh, you, Oh, you didn't hear. I didn't hear, I didn't okay, hear Droopy Dicks. So the last... Uh, <laughs> The last what the fuck? Sentence. The last what the hell happened? Uh, was there's a truth.com commercial that came out, and it was basically the whole commercial was smoking will make you impotent. Okay, essentially was the thing. So the cartoon, it was a cartoon commercial, and in the cartoon it was like a song, almost like the Oompa Loompa song, but it was like it rhymed. And in the video, every single time that the words got really sad, the dicks they had like dancing dicks, and the dicks would droop. <laughs> Like that, like they would like just to get the point across yeah, just, that uh, this is what you'd we're have saying. a very soft dick if you smoke, which I made a very unvalid 
uh, on that episode. It's like I smoked for many years. It's still no problem. Zero yeah. problem fucking my wife. I, yeah, so <laughs> I've never had that issue. I can see where people can have some complications, but that percentage has to be very low. Very low. So uh, and it's the a zero percentage in this room. Right. Zero percentage in this room for sure. And then the one before that, my wife provided a what the fuck, which was uh, I honestly can't remember. It was something about diseases. I don't know. It was weird shit. Anyway, so this one's not as gross as the other ones, but this one's definitely a what the fuck moment. Now, I'm going to fucking set the setting here, okay? Everybody in this room in particular has uh, been in an airplane. Yeah. Okay, everyone in this situation here has been in an airplane. We've done some we've done some flights. Some flights are more pleasant than others, but everyone has a fear. Everyone has a concern. It's yeah. a flight, very vulnerable in this situation. You're at the will the you're at the will of a madman, so to speak. One guy flying this fucking thing. Giant metal. So the bird. last thing you need on a plane is commotion and panic. Okay? So we fast forward here to a little company, Frontier Airlines. And this article came out yesterday. This whole situation happened yesterday. So this is very current. Okay, I didn't go you know, too, too far into the distance here. It just happened yesterday. And Frontier Airlines had a flight, flight 1612-1612, leaving Orlando International Airport. Um, and it was headed to Cleveland. Or so we thought. So we thought. Yes. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Everyone loaded the plane. They went in the usual faction, uh, wheelchairs, army, all that stuff, and then um, A class, B class, C class, yada, yada. Well, there was a older woman, we'll say. Hmm. Uh, what's her name here? Did they have her name? No, because they just had her as a passenger. And uh, she got onto the plane. Uh, she had the right ticket, but she had an accommodation. The accommodation was she had... An emotional, what was the word they used here? Support? Emotional support, yes. Emotional yeah. support animal. Now, when you think emotional support animals, what was the first thought you thought in your head earlier when we were talking about uh, this? A dog. I know several dogs. people Seeing eye yeah. dogs or just comfort. You know, yeah. Some of these animals, are, you know, some of these dogs are treated almost like regular people, especially when it comes to these planes. The combinations are great. But they do have some leeway. Dogs. There's cats. Okay, makes sense. The normal household yeah. pet situations. Okay, I think even bird is on the fucking list. I saw it a few times. This lady put accommodation and she put emotional support animals. She did not specify. No one thought anything crazy of it. She got on the plane. She got her bag on her lap. She's a wheelchair. Okay, so she got on. She was one of the first ones on. So she got all the way to her seat. All of the planes loading up. Planes actually full, loaded up, ready to go. And she opens up her bag, and a fucking squirrel is in the bag. <laughs> no lie, it's a fucking squirrel. It's now, not a squirrel. It's, it's an emotional, emotional support, support squirrel. squirrel. Yes. Well, that's what we're trying to get to here. That's the road we're passing to here. Is she? He's lost his fucking beat red right now. Okay. So let's. We're gonna continue the story here. So she pulls out her bag. Mind you, this squirrel is not caged or leashed or anything. It was in a fucking gym bag. <laughs> a black gym, no lie, like a fucking zip up gym bag. Did no one see? fast-paced movement in this bag whilst she was waiting for the gate to open because you know when you're about to board a plane once they start calling classes everyone just fucking stands up and stand starts up, walking yeah. toward the gate so no one had any concerns about the lady in the wheelchair with the bag that just kept making 
and you're fucking looking, sounds. And when you're standing there, you're looking at everybody. What is he? Word, yeah. When you're at an go. airport, you're fucking vigilant. Like yes. you're looking around. You're you're, <laughs> you're securing yourself. Like you're on the ball here. No one picked that. Like was this squirrel like sedated <laughs> at some point? Like he made no noises because squirrels are pretty rapid fucking animal. Anyway, she got all the way to the fucking seat. The plane's fucking boarded, and she pulls this fucking squirrel out. Okay, so obviously the flight attendants have a concern, we'll say. So they start asking questions. And she's adamant that she's in the right here because she has a ticket with an emotional support animal permission on it. But the problem is that Frontier Airlines, much like every airline, has a listing. I just We just ran through it a little bit. Dog, cat, bird. Every airline has their own list of animals that would qualify under that criteria. Squirrel ain't on any of those fucking criteria. Wait, you mean I can't have an emotional support rhino? That's what I... That, that you're getting the point here, okay? My emotional support fucking walrus can't come on the fucking plane with me. Earl's gonna have to find his own transportation to fucking Cleveland is what we're trying to say here. So she... Not only is she have a fucking gym bag with a fucking squirrel in it, she's the mad one. She's pissed, Okay. She wants to go to fucking Cleveland, and her fucking squirrel's coming with her. That's, the, that's just the end of it. So the flight attendants bring this issue to the pilot. The pilot addresses This is all protocol shit. Anybody who's been on a plane knows how this goes. Pilot comes, makes the last-ditch effort to see if she uh, could either take the squirrel off and put it underneath, which would still be weird. I don't know weird. why that was an yeah. option, because the squirrel's not caged. Yeah. It's just, it's just a fucking around. gym bag. Yeah. It's not even a supported gym bag where it just stays in a rectangle the whole time. It's it's, it's like dented in. Yeah. So like if you put this luggage with other luggage, it's gonna be a dead emotional uh, support animal. <laughs> so yeah, they like she can't exactly just yeah they're throw giving it her out all the these weird either. ass options, and, which by the way she did not take. <laughs> she didn't take any of these fucking options. This chick was going to Cleveland with her fucking squirrel, and that was the end of it. So the pilot got pissed. And went back to the cockpit and uh, called the you know law enforcement, called the police officers or whoever he needed God. to call because they have a passenger that needs to be escorted off the plane. Now, up until this point, weird, but weird. not crazy, yeah. right? Here comes the crazy. So the pilot makes the decision that these this lady has to get off the plane, at least till we can figure out what to do with the squirrel, but she's being very combative, yeah. we'll say. All right? You know, she's resisting. You know how that goes. For some people. For some. So, for some. So, uh, they call law enforcement. Now, the protocol is is that they can't arrest or they can't you know pull anybody off. Otherwise, they're going to have another Asian guy situation with the doctor yeah. where they drag him off. So, they don't want that fucking thing. So, they have to evacuate the plane. You know, they have to get everybody off the plane. Which, and, every, and everyone has and everyone's, to go first. Yeah, everyone's loaded already. Yeah. So, they got to go row by row here and get everybody out of here. So, But they're doing it frantically. Like, the people who are... I'm reading the article here. They were saying that people were... Uh, the, uh, but once they were back in the terminal, oh, um, all she said was a squirrel. Yeah. So the the overall vibe from the flight attendants is that they were just in, they were frantic. Everyone had to get off. Grab your, your carry on, please, and make your way to the. And they were just very. They were trying to do it timely. I guess. I guess the plan was is if we can rectify the squirrel situation, we'll be able to uh, uh, get the plane going. So they absolutely like were trying to figure out a way to get her off the plane, but she was just not having it. So. They're feverishly getting everybody off the plane. 
So far, no one on the plane knows it's a fucking squirrel situation. They're just being taken off the plane. So everyone's mind's fucking racing. <laughs> Holy shit, what they find? <laughs> what's what going on? Yeah. Yes. Is there a bomb? Is there someone Is there someone on the plane that's uh, unsavory? What's happening here? And then they're all in the terminal now, and the cops are like running into the, pl- into the plane. So they're like, holy shit, something's bad. Like some people are considering leaving the airport altogether because they're like, this is crazy. And then they wheel the lady out. And no fucking lie, folks, I will post a link when I get out of here on my Facebook. The lady gets wheeled out in her wheelchair and she has her fucking fist in the fucking air and she's looking straight forward with her fucking squirrel bag and she's just Jesse Owens, that motherfucker. She's like, I'm standing for my civil fucking rights and the civil rights of my fucking squirrel and we're we're not leaving this fucking place apart. Wherever we're going, we're going together. And they wheeled this chick off the plane and everyone's fucking pissed. The article was written on as the perspective of one of the passengers. They were pissed pissed and but then like toward the end they start all the people start realizing what a crazy fucking story because they got her off and once they got everybody got back on it was delayed obviously because of the squirrel thing but they were able to fly over to cleveland and and everything worked itself out but dude a fucking squirrel man emotional support squirrel i don't get it especially since it's how they meet was that a craigslist purchase how does how do you find how did she know that was the one she just grabbed it off a tree he seems sensitive oh my god listen we got a call coming in right now uh for those of you listening uh we got a call right here crazy squirrel conversation join in who is this it's your boy alex what's good (laughs) it's my boy alex how you doing man how you living and for anybody, uh, for anybody who's waiting on the line, we can only take one call at a time. So yes, please be patient. Listen, I'm gonna right after call I'm done right with back. Alex, I'm going right to you, man. Don't worry about it. It's my boy Alex. It's Big Alex, right? Yes, Big Alex. <laughs> big Alex. For those of you who don't know or didn't get a chance, he was on one of my episodes, and we told the story that my son is Alex. He's Alex. So my son refers to him as Big Alex. Big so Alex. which means we're little Alex, right? So what's good, Paul Green? What you up to, man? Nothing about to leave this hellhole of a job, you know. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm not going to, uh, since you described it like that, we are alive. I'm not going to say where it is so you can keep going to your hellhole job because uh, you just got married. You got a kid on the way, baby. You got to make that bread. Very true. Very true. Just calling the support. You know, I'm a big follower of you and your your show, and, you uh-huh. know, I love what you do and always been a big support. You've been a good friend for Oh damn! Ten years now. About yeah. Love with you, brother. Keep was, it up. Keep I was, up the good work. I was the last man standing in his eventual best man at his wedding. Wow. Yeah, that job went to like three other people before it got to me, but I was the best. You were the <laughs> only choice. Yes. Tell him about that pro that promo, Paul Green. Tell him about that promo. Yes, my my my, my boy AJ here. No prep time. Shot two. Off the top of the head stories uh, during the best man speech that had people in tears had had my wife looking at me like, oh, my God, you're such a sensitive and caring dude. I'm glad I'm marrying you. <laughs> Putting you over. Know, put him over. Put him over like a million bucks, bro. <laughs> if you're going to put over your friend, the best day to do it is his wedding. Oh, yeah. That's the best time. And, and, and you look great in that suit, too. Oh, I look good in every suit. Well, I'm going to look better in suits once I drop this weight, brother. You wait and see. Because he knew me back at a slimmer time, too. He has seen me progress to this uh, bul- bulbous individual I am today. Hey, man, I got other callers, and I'm happy to actually say that sentence. But uh, thank you so much for calling, boy. Before you go, what would your emotional support animal be? Yes, what would your sumo- Yes, exactly. What animal would you choose to support you on an emotional level? Oh, kind of a badass. I would want a tiger. 
A tiger. Tiger, all right. That might make your flight situation a little tough, but definitely tiger would be really good. I mean, but he wouldn't be a full-grown tiger on a plane. He'd be a cub tiger. <laughs> Just get a cat. <laughs> it is a cat, essentially, isn't it? Lap, you know, he can part the, the flight attendants when they walk by. They don't bring me my snacks on time, you know. All right. All right, Paul Green. Thanks for calling, man. Thank you so much for supporting, brother. Yo, you... There it is. I love that there sound. That's a beautiful tried sound. To, tried to transition without having that happen, but you're on the air. What do you got? We're live, baby. <laughs> MESNradio.com. But you, but you, you already knew that. <laughs> you already know. If you're listening to me now, you know where I am. We have another caller. Yeah. All right. You're on the air, brother. Who is this? AJ Osini. Son of a bitch. It's the sexy saying, Eric Jade, my man, my main man, man, from back in the day. One of, the, one of my closest friends in the industry, brother. Thanks for calling, man. What's up? What's up, man? It's calling, man. Just very, very proud of you, man. I can't believe the podcast is finally live, man, and I you're know. doing your thing, and I'm just like... Man, Have you been listening to the show so far? What's up? Have you been listening to the show so far? Of course. How's it, how's it sound so far, brother? It sounds absolutely great. You know, I always love your voice. Uh, it's just fucking, it's, it's ooh, almost used to F bomb there. It sounds great. You can great. use an F bomb. It's, it's uncensored, you bitch. All right, I mean, I, you know, I mean, my cross, you know, I'm a rated R, you know, superstar, so yeah. I got to be very careful oh, sometimes where, of many when I do some podcasts. Well, uh, for those of you listening for the first time or don't know, this is uh, uh, Orsini's Uncensored Mind is actually my second podcast. It's the first one I've done alone. The first one was with Eric Jaden. We were doing uh, a TNA review show, Impact, uh, what was it? Total Impact. Total Impact, yes. Yep, Total Impact. And uh, we were both, we were co-hosts. And that show was the inspiration as to why I don't do phone interviews with guests. Ah, okay. Because we had so many complications with that show, and we were doing two hours with that one, too. And we would do all these notes and do all these preps, and there would be weeks where the... Um, because it was so much equipment because he's calling on his phone I'm calling on my phone where we have another person working aboard from somewhere else so he's doing an audio thing it was just a communication much, yeah. it was too much so what would happen is, is that it wouldn't cooperate so there'd be weeks we didn't do a show at all Yeah. so we'd have to do like, like a best of or like a repeat thing or like that so those well, now, now you don't have to worry about now that now I don't have to worry about that those trials and tribulations uh, showed me the game brother so hey Eric listen uh, I, I, I still want you as a guest brother we gotta go in here and reunite one show Oh, man, when you're ready, let me know and we just get together and let's just, like, let's set the airways on fire, baby. No, I got one question before you before we let you go. Do I have another one or do yeah. I have time? No? Okay, so I have one question for you before we let you go because I have one more segment to get to before I start wrapping things up here. Uh, you are one of my few friends who I know for a fact went through some Lego mumbo jumbo when it comes to wrestling. Uh, as far uh -huh. as your gimmick and the things that you've been doing, I'm so proud of you and your progression from where you've started with that we started together. And I remember what you started yep. with to what you are now, and I'm so proud of everything that you're doing. But as a veteran, as somebody who's been doing this for a while and you ran into that legal stuff, is there any advice you can give to the younger generation for those, those kids coming up to be conscientious of what they're doing legally when it comes to gimmicks and stories and ideas in the ring? No, most definitely, yeah. One of the things I want to emphasize, man, to all the you know, young, uh, all the young boys, all the young workers coming up, is uh, don't stress too much on the moves. Work on the gimmick. Yeah, work man, we just character. we just did 20 minutes on that shit earlier in this show, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, it's been stressed lately, and like there was, a, there was obviously an interview by The Undertaker that was released on YouTube, and he spoke about it. The and exact it's true, clip, it's bro. Like a, that means you didn't hear the first hour, you fuck. 
You just you just oh, played sorry, your hands. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll re- reiterate it. You know, it, it's, it's very important. But at the no, same go time, ahead, please. It needs to be we, hammered in. We so live go in ahead. A very, yeah, we have to. Yeah, it has to be hammered in. And we live we live in a, in a society right now that you know that everything is is, is basically under a microscope. You have social media right now, so all the young workers and just be careful. You have a gimmick, you know, work it. Put it out there. Put something different out there. But when you put something different out there, make sure you stay within the boundaries of good taste at times. There's obviously there's people out there like myself who do push the envelope, but I know when to push it and when to draw off. So all mm-hmm. the young workers out there, just you know, stay clean. Obviously, you know when you're working out, stay out of trouble with the law. You know, and then and again, be original. Be original with your time. Create a gimmick. Create a character and tell a story. Don't be afraid to be original, which is important because I think Uh-oh. sometimes people feel like they have to pull back the reins. The beauty, the positives of independent wrestling is that you don't have as many handcuffs as you would if you were on TV every week or pay-per-view and all that stuff. So you can change direction. You're a living proof of that. The gimmick that you had when you started uh, was something you felt, but you altered over time because you yeah. you you altered, you, you evolved as a person which then made you evolve as a gimmick. And now you went from a, one guy who happened to be in a team with another guy, and now you're a champion, you're the leader of your own stable, you're doing your own thing, you're not just leading by example, you're leading in the ring, you're leading emotionally, you're, you're a locker room guy. That's what always, a, uh, no, not to say an incorrect word here, but attracted me to you in the first place, Ooh. because, exactly, is he coming out now? No. Uh, I, I've always been a great friend of yours, because we always took this business very seriously. We're both very passionate about it, yes. and uh, we've been down a lot of heavy roads, me and you, uh, both professionally mm-hmm. and personally. I'm not going to get into specifics, but Hurricane Sandy was a big moment for the two of us. You remember that? A big Big, big moment, people. Big and I just moment, want to yeah. stress real quick. Before, before I know, I, I don't want to cut your time. Yeah. You know, AJ Rossini is not only a good friend of mine, South people, I'm not even a fellow co-worker in the wrestling world. He's also like a godfather to me, where he's talking about how he evolved, and I've been afraid, and I call him up and ask for his advice, and he's pushed me. He's been pushed me where I didn't even want to become a champion, and I went up to him and asked him, should I do it, and he has pushed me. And top of that, when he's speaking about Hurricane Sandy people, he was one of the guys who actually came out and donated stuff for me because my home was practically lost and I lost a lot of stuff during Hurricane Sandy. So AJ Orsini will always be like a top aces in my book. And if you people listen to a show, you're just getting a pretty much a small glimpse of how talented this individual is and how well human being he is. Uh, thank you, Eric. I, I didn't want to go into specifics. I didn't know how you felt about that, but yeah. those are some of the That's specifics fine. that happened. And uh, ooh, I've been trying so hard not to be emotional this entire time. I almost made it. I'm at 7:42. You trying to crack me, fucker? Your, your well, well, you know what? You earned it, brother. You earned it. You really <laughs> do. I mean, to tell you something. Like again, a lot of people like they had new listeners, new followers, or people been following you around. They don't know a lot of the history or anything you're seeing. I can tell you, people, right now is you're listening to one of the top top guys right now in podcasting, in wrestling. And he comes from a very, very humble beginning. And what I love about AJ, and this is why we continue to have a good relationship, we follow one of the cardinal rules in wrestling. Always be humble. Always be humble. And AJ Rossini is a pity of humbleness. And I, and I, I love you to death. You know that. I love you too, brother. I gotta let you go. But thanks for calling. Thanks for showing your support, man. All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right. You know it. You know you're gonna get a bunch of fucking... 
sad emojis in your messages when this is over. Uh-huh. What's <laughs> crazy is I actually have history with him as well. Yes. We both appeared on the same radio show a couple of uh, probably a couple yes. months ago. Yes, yes, and, yes, uh, yes. In Rockaway. And Rockaway, yeah, yeah, you guys got a chance to meet. Yeah, it's gr- so funny. Guy. It's so funny because that night you guys met, like he messaged me and said, "Oh, I just met Stephen James," and then you messaged me and said, "I just met <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like in two seconds, I was like, "Y'all motherfuckers should have just got together and just did a mess." <laughs> Mass text Mass for that text, yeah. I got some other topics here to get to, but we're running a little short on time. I have a third T-shirt to give away. Oh, uh, we didn't get to a seventh caller, but that's fine because you can still get a chance at those two tickets within the course of the evening. Uh, we'll be selecting uh, since we still have leftover names from the raffle. Maybe we'll select from that, and then we'll give those two tickets out there. But that's fine. I, listen, the calling thing was an extra function. I, I, when I, I'm going to be honest with you, I came set for a two-hour show without a call. And you were so the at, fact that I got a few was still pretty good. You're at five total. <laughs> five total. See? Yeah. So here we go. So unless somebody out there is listening right now is like waiting for that one asshole waiting to call. That so one, that they, yeah. <laughs> hurry up and call so I can get free shit. I want it. But speaking of free shit, I do have a third t-shirt to hand out. And uh, I again, we pulled these randomly. So uh, you know, I didn't have any vested interest. I'm the one paying for the shirts. So I don't give a shit who got a shirt. I really didn't. But I'm happy with the choices that have been made so far. The third choice makes me even happier because it's a young lady that I do know actually pretty well who is in New York. Wow. Uh, who has supported me literally from moment one. She shares all my shit. She, she's one of the OGs of the show. She's been liking it since episode one. Um, she's always been cool to me. Uh, we've worked together in wrestling shows in the past. She's retired now. Long, this is a while ago. But that's how we first met. So she, um, she's definitely been a, a fan of mine, and I've been a fan of hers for forever. So Janice, Janice Ortiz over in the Bronx, she gets a shirt from me, uh, courtesy of me, from me, with me on the shirt. So it's like a meception thing going on. And uh, thank you so much for supporting. She's been awesome. She even, even the live video I did before I went on, like a bunch of shit. So, so those are the three winners, Woo. Brian in Kansas, Andy in uh, PA, and Janice over in New York. That's a nice little array. Congrats, like it's not yeah. all in the same place. It makes me sound important when I have there different people uh-huh. raffling on. Yeah, when you posted like yeah, the, if you the listen to Eric Jaden, I'm like the greatest human being who's ever lived. There like there's me, Jesus, and like maybe Steve Martin. The is guy like third, the guy who invented the air conditioner. He's got. He's be a there. listen. If he didn't he's get a blowjob the next day, it's a sin. Uh, I don't understand. Yeah, you're hey, absolutely yo, right. Your bitch ass can stay hot then. You can go to the hut we had ice bath. boxes before that. I, oh yeah the old school you just he's just you just <laughs> waft waft the uh the the cool the 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 few is the fumes was it coming yeah we'll go with fumes yeah well squiggly lines and coming books you, <laughs> squiggly just, lines. you, you just move you just move those things over there's a couple of things um all right so we addressed the shirts we got our three winners the capital wrestling tickets we'll discuss uh at a later date but trust me there's still an opportunity for you guys to get in on that and uh that's pretty much all that i do have one one more topic I can squeeze. I had a lot of other stuff, but the calls, thankfully, okay. the calls came in. So one of them was going to be an angry conversation, so I'll save that bitch for next week since there's still time. It was about evolution, and I've been complaining a lot on the show about evolution, so I'm going to give it a break this week. It's a joyous day, uh, but they did some goofy shit on Raw with this card shifting shit around that uh, <laughs> yeah. that I have to, because after, I'm seeing no. No, 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 I'm not going to do it to myself. I'm, gonna, I'm not going down this rabbit hole. I only got about 15 minutes, but I do want to talk a little bit about some something that I rarely ever talk about on my show when there's a reason for that. I'm going to talk a little impact wrestling right now. The reason for that, it's a little selfish, you know, reasoning. Their biggest show, Bound for Glory, takes place here in New York. It's going to be at the Mill Rules Ballroom this Sunday? No, Saturday. 
I think it's the fourth Saturday. Yeah, I know it's the fourteenth. I just can't figure. No, Saturday. that's Sunday. It's Sunday. The fourteenth right, 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 is Sunday. 14th, right. yeah. Okay, I knew the date. I was just fuzzy on the day, uh, because I get confused on days. Because the reason why I'm promoting this is, of course, LAX, Santana, and Ortiz, good friends of mine. Um, I I mentioned I stay away from Impact Wrestling because it's personal for me. Before, when it was just TNA and it was just guys that I admired and, and looked at their work and enjoyed, it was different. I'm able to go out there and just watch it and be non-biased. LAX are, are two guys that I grew up in this business with. I knew them. I mean, I'm, I'm going to tell the story when I get them on the show, but Drastic, excuse me, Santana, uh, was a phone call away from quitting the business altogether. And I wasn't the one that made the phone call. He made it to a personal friend. I just happened to be around. What had happened, it was a three-hour conversation that essentially saved his career. And the same thing uh, with Ortiz. Ortiz is a very driven individual, but he ran into some bullshit, we'll say, more wrestling bullshit early in his career, and he almost walked away. So for the two of them to have gone through all this shit they have gone through in life to be where they are now, both of them are now fathers, they're 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 leaders in the industry now as opposed to those two kids that used to beat the shit out of me in Joel's ring for forever <laughs> and and now like there's these big stars and they're doing this big thing so um they've been very helpful to me and they've been very helpful to me in my uh my career and i and they don't need me to promote them they're a part of this big machine um but i wanted to let that the, my fans out there know please check your show out there's this stigma that is attached to the impact wrestling thing we, you and i were talking about it off air you guys really start gotta start giving this show as yeah. a whole a chance and this will be a good time to do that this is going to be a big show their best talent's going to be on display you can go to impactwrestling.com to check out more information on viewing it the show is sold out but you can find out where to see the show by going to impactwrestling.com i'm going to squeeze in one more call because i just i love the fact that i have calls so i'm going to squeeze that in who's on the on the line there with me you better squeeze this call in <laughs> <laughs> who am i speaking to here you know who you're speaking to okay you don't recognize the voice? Come on, man. You're hurting me right now. <laughs> Who? Who's this? Who's this Dude, guy? I, we lived together for like 18 years. <laughs> it's uh, it's that guy? Who's it? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making a phone call real quick. Don't mean to interrupt you. I'll have to listen to it later. Just wanted to say happy anniversary. I'm at work right now. so. Oh, you're at work right now, bro? Yeah. Oh, you went back to work? Weren't you just like in a situation like a day ago? And you're back at I work? Am. Huh? Are you even comfortable at work right now? Like based on what's yeah. been going on the last 48 hours? Oh, no, don't worry about it. That was just heartburn. We good. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, my, my brother had a little situation. <laughs> this is my brother, by the way, guys. I'm fucking with him. Nice, I, yeah. This, this, <laughs> uh, the brother of the, O. The other, yes, the brother of O, yes. <laughs> Uh, this is yeah, my, yeah, my, yeah. my brother David. Thanks for calling, man. I know you, you got yeah, a lot man. of stuff going on. I'm dude. live from the sales floor, sales floor of Lowe's. There so it I'm is. I'm to give you a call <laughs> and uh, just say what's up. And uh, I'm going to have to listen to it later because, unfortunately, I've been busy and I haven't been a chance to sneak away and listen. So That's fine. Um, I actually haven't had a chance to, to say this because um, I've just been so in the mood of the show. Everything that took place tonight, the entire show, is being emailed to me either tonight or tomorrow. It will be uploaded tomorrow night. On right. the usual website, ajoum.podb.com. So if you don't, if you missed it, if you like Eric, who commented after the fact, uh, you guys can still catch the show this week. I'm not missing a week. The commitment continues. So it'll, it'll just be going up tomorrow. That's all. All right, dude. Well, just wanted to call in and uh, say congratulations and everything. All right, all right, no problem. Thank you, bro. I lived with him for 18 years or so. A 18 long, longer than that. years. Wow. I was, like, I was, listen, 
that's a story for another day. But eighteen, I was out. Yeah, of my house, I was out. I I could not. I feel I, I joined the army. Now here's the funny, <laughs> here's the other start of the see. But you you were smart. You 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 had a plan. I didn't. I, I left. That's a plan. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's my plan. Eighteen. I'm out. I'm out basically just means I went to grandma's house. That's what that was. Got it. But okay. grandma lives here in, in New York. My mother was living in South Jersey. Yeah. I was there for a year or two and I was back at home because I had failed. Got it. Yeah. Because I had failed. I had no plan. I just, I was determined to leave and I was so determined I didn't even plan for the leave. Now, here's the fucked up part. In those two years I was in New York, that's when I met Steph. Yeah. So, so your I life left. was enriched. Yeah. By I left, but I ended up coming back to new york it's a whole deal i get into another day i only got a few minutes left here but uh really another one you got another one I and got this another would be number seven this is seven all right so who's this hello hello who's Hi. this is this kara congratulations is this kara no oh see my brother was just fucking with he me about voice he set you up but i knew all along that it was my brother just like i know that this is kara kara how are you doing i'm not kara you're not Kara. Who's this? No. Wait. It's her. I'm sorry? <laughs> Who is this? Who, Who is this? It's scary. Who is this? Your sister. <laughs> listen. 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 I know exactly who this is. Hold on. Hold on. Listen. From now on, for the rest of your life, <laughs> I want you to commit to the idea that your name is Kara now. Now listen. <laughs> It's financially going to be a burden, and I'm sure it's one you're willing to carry, but oh, you now have to change your name to Kara King. Who is that? <laughs> Kara's a friend of mine. She told me she was going to call. I just thought it was... I heard a female voice uh, and just went to Kara. Los Santos. <laughs> See, this no. is why I'm married. I can't restart dating again. Yeah. I'm in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Wayne? No, congratulations. Thank you, Pooh Bear. Thank you, Pooh Bear. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> This is my youngest sister. She's the fourth of the one of four. Fourth so. of the one of four. <laughs> and, the, and the only sister who gives a shit about me because the other one cut me off. <laughs> I'm in that boat. I'm getting ready for bed. So I was like, let me call in and listen it's in. It's the perfect this. time to listen to my show. <laughs> Sleepy. <laughs> the I've been up since 5 a.m. Well, then, well, at least you took the time. The at least you took the time. Thank you so much. Thank you so yes, much. Yes, no problem. Have a good show. Oh, thank okay. you. Well, I'm, try I'm getting ready to wrap it up. So you'll, you'll get a chance to listen to it tomorrow night if you go to ajoum.podbean.com. Nice. Thanks. All right, I'm on it. There you go. Thanks, Wayne. Right. Share, share the shirt. All right. Good night. All right. Good night. Buy your shirt. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a fun night. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Steve, for, oh, absolutely. Uh, for inviting me here and, and for uh, Pombo for finally showing up somewhere toward the end there. <laughs> you came with the best time, brother, because uh, I'm going to wrap this whole thing up and I'm going to do something that I haven't done in a very long time. And there's a reason for that because um, I'm in promo mode right now. I'm going to lock this shit in. I got, let me see what's the clock say. I got about six minutes or so. Six minutes? Ish, six ish minutes. And I just wanted to uh, just really quickly. Just get this stuff out of here. Again, agoum.podby.com for the episode um, and for all the episodes. This is episode 56. I will be bequeathing onto you this episode tomorrow night. Uh, I will be heading to the House of Ho. House of O. See, you got me all fucked up with the comic book thing. Uh, later on the night with more editing to do for some other stuff. Um, I am being recorded right now for video purposes. Um, some of that will make its way to the YouTube channel. Uh, at some point so i got a lot of things going on all the platforms 
I say it every time an achievement takes place. I'll say it again. Thank you so much for everything all of you have done for me. Um, the 15 countries, the 2,000 downloads, the sharing, the liking, literally everything, just making this a bigger project than I thought it was going to be because to be honest with you, I, I say it all the time. I said it in the first episode. Everything that I did was liquid in the beginning because I, I didn't know what was going to work. I didn't know what was going to stick. I didn't know who people were going to like. I didn't know what they were going to dislike. It's like this whole head fuck thing that happens to you when you first start in podcasting and start broadcasting your own voice and your own opinions. And I, I'm probably sitting here right now as nervous as I was when I started. I feel great right now because I just wanted it to sound good. I'm never nervous in front of a microphone. Everyone in this room knows that. I, I can do this shit with my eyes closed. I just want people to like it. And I feel like this might have been the best episode I ever did. And that's just because I feel great. If you listen to this episode and then immediately listen to episode one, it's going to be a tale of two different fucking worlds. And that's just the growth that I've had just plowing through this. Just struct I've learned how to structure shows. I've learned how to segment shows. I've learned how to do audio drops. I've, lear I've learned so much in this year. I can only hope that on the second year anniversary, which is a complete contrast. When I started this, I didn't think I'd make a year. I'm going to be honest with you. I really didn't. I didn't sit here cocky as shit going, man, this is going to be a hit right off the bat because it was slow going in the beginning of this motherfucker. Slow going. It's always slow going. And I, I, I gave Negro the credit for that in the beginning. He was the jump start. After that, people started listening and, and then the goat came and then everything just spiraled into something great. So I want to thank you guys. But the promo part of this ending that I'm going to give you guys right now, and this is coming directly from me it's coming directly from my heart it's something that i've been thinking about for the last two days i booked the studio like two weeks ago but for the last two days uh there's been a lot of stuff going on my brother was just on the air right now he was in the hospital for 48 hours he he just got back home like yesterday night so the fact that he's back on the floor of lulz is amazing to me but that's just a testament to what we do and who we are uh my wife's grandmother is in the hospital um well not hospital she's well She's in a nursing home. Uh, she had a health situation in Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria. So, um, and then I'm going to school. I'm taking three classes at the moment. I'm working full time. I'm a father. I have a lot of my plate. So when I do these shows and I open my show by going, oh, like you guys have no idea how therapeutic my show ends up being for me because I literally have no time to breathe. Uh, when I leave here, I have to go do math homework. Like that's how I'm probably going to do it on the bus ride back, but that's how much shit is going on in my life and not all positive. It's work, it's deaths, it's sickness, it's all kinds of shit, like all, like a shit storm of things coming at me all at once, almost on a daily basis. And um, I have not missed one week of this show for a full year. I released it October 11, 2017. I'm, a, I'm releasing on a low, October 11, 2018. Um, when I was a kid and I really wanted to be in the business, I don't have the similar story everyone else has. I didn't have a finger in my face telling me I couldn't do it. I didn't have a finger in my face telling me that you don't have talent, you're too small, you're too dumb. I had the opposite. Everyone just knew from when I was a baby till now that this is what I was going to do. The problem I had when I was a kid was I didn't have the want to do it. I was lazy and I sat on my ass and everything that came to me, I blamed on everybody else. And even though I spent my whole life helping other people, I always did it when I was a kid, I did it with a point. 
I did it with a point. I'm not here because of you. I'm not here because I'm helping you. I'm not here because everything that I do has to be for you. I can't do for me. And I did it for so long that finally I get a project to myself. I finally get a project that is essentially for me. And I can't even bear the thought of not doing it with other people. And that's why this is supposed to be a celebration of the show. It's not a celebration for AJ Orsini. I know my wife wants it to be that way. I know my family wants it to be that way. You heard the words from Eric Jaden. Um, I have worked very, very hard for the respect that I have in this business. And I don't really know how far that respect reaches out. And that's a testament to my humbleness because I don't care. I find out when I encounter people how much respect I actually have. And for someone who used to be a, a, a caregiver to other people who then, when relying upon himself, failed so miserably that he couldn't eat. I had to sleep on trains. I had to sleep on park benches. I had no money in my pocket. And yet still my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, didn't care and stuck with me and pushed me and made me become the man that I was supposed to be. And without her and without the people that's very close in a circle of mine, without them, I would not be here. I would not be A.J. Orsini. I would not be the host of Orsini's Uncensored Mind. I'd be fucking nothing. I would be nothing. So for this to be an A.J. production, I won't have it. It's not the way that it's supposed to be. Everyone within the sound of my voice, you're all in the squad of O. Everyone in the sound of my voice, whether you're a fan, you're a fan of me, believe me, I'm a fan of you. I respect you. I love you for everything you've done for me. I would not be here without the people around me. So when I say this last line, know that it comes from a place of passion and love. Know that I mean every fucking second that I am saying to you that this year was just the fucking beginning. That I am just really getting started. This ain't the last time I'm going to be in this studio. This ain't the last time I'm going to be working with Steve. This ain't the last time I'm going to be working with Pombo. And the next fucking anniversary show, the team that's going to be in this room, is going to be a whole lot bigger. It's going to be a whole lot better. And the show is going to be so much more entertaining. I have things coming up in the next few weeks for this show. Fuck a year. I can start being better tomorrow. And that's what you guys should take from this show. Whether I teach you, whether you learn it on your own, do. Fucking do. Get off of your ass and fucking do. There's no shortcut to this shit. Believe me, I tried to find it. I couldn't get there. The only way I was able to get here was to plow through the shit and fucking do it. I didn't have anyone to blame for myself. Those late nights where I edited the show, that was fucking me. Those early mornings where I had to do the show, that was fucking me. Me doing and I can sit here and say me, but believe me, in my brain, it's we. We did this tonight. The one-year anniversary is supposed to be celebrated by everybody. Whether you're listening to me, whether you're typing on social media, whether you're emailing me, messaging me, I don't care. So when I say this last line, know that it comes from a place of peace, love, and I love every single one of you. Thank you, and believe me, we are just getting started. So thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing, and most importantly, thank you for enjoying. Good night, and enjoy the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, the answer to your prayers is here. You're listening to the King of New York, E.C. Negro, L. Ray, all day. This is Colossal Mike Law. What's up, everybody? This is the rock god, Ronnie Burton. My name is Ariella Nix. You're listening to the absolute Chris Cage. To the superstar Whiplash. 
Silver Queen, Ivy Roman. And for the King of Monsters Rays, we are the, the greatest, greatest of, of all time. And you're listening to... And you, yes you, are listening to our... And you are listening to the hottest new podcast in the game. My main man, AJ Orsini. Orsini. To Orsini's. To Orsini's. Orsini's. And you're listening to Orsini's Uncensored Mind. Now let's open up this fucking pit. Listen to my daddy's song. Or she's in the SMI.